MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Bush Series. Today, the Textilis Muddy 300. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powder, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. By Wix Filters, the only filters officially licensed by NASCAR. Wix for NASCAR and your car. By NapaOnline.com, where everything great about Napa is now available online. By Bell South Mobility and Ericsson. Two-way communication by Racing Radio. For trackside rental and sales, visit the TrackScan vendor, an authorized affiliate of Racing Radios. By the Home Depot, the official home improvement warehouse of NASCAR. And by CarsDirect.com, America's number one way to buy cars online. The field of 43 starters in tonight's Textile East Medic 300 is rolling from the pit lane out onto the South Boston Speedway, and we're four parade and pace laps away from the green flag and the beginning of this evening's 15th event of the NASCAR Bush Series season in 2000. Motor Racing Network here to bring you live coverage, the middle of our quadruple header of action on this NASCAR weekend. We started off yesterday with Bud Pole qualifying up in Michigan, where Bobby Labonte won the pole for tomorrow's Kmart 400. Then late last night, by the time the rain delay got done, it was was Greg Biffle in victory lane for the Pronto Auto Parts 400 in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series at the Texas Motor Speedway. Tomorrow at 12.30 Eastern Time, we'll be back in Michigan for the Kmart 400 for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series, but for now, it's time to go at it at a NASCAR Bush Series bullring shootout on a Saturday night in what should be a pretty wild and exciting evening. I think we've used the word slam bang and fender rubbing already quite a bit. There's going to be a good bit of that tonight, but one of the things we need to focus on again is the change that everyone's going to be dealing with tonight. Because of the new way the pit road is set up and the pit wall has been designed pitting is going to take on a whole new look and because there's usually so many cautions there shouldn't be a need for green flag pit stops but if there are that's going to really cost a team a lot let's talk strategy a little bit and check in with winston kelly who's in the pole sitter's pit well we're jason ratcliffe the crew chief on the car and jason only a couple of sets of tires a long way to go what kind of pit strategy are you looking at well um, we're going to try to go 100 laps on a set but uh, you never know what the guy behind you is going to do. So after about lap 80, we'll be we'll be looking if a caution comes out. That's the thoughts of Jason Radcliffe. Might be trying to go 100 laps at least, but like you said, you got to kind of watch and see what everybody else does. If you're losing spots on the racetrack and you have an early caution flag between, say, 50 and 75, you might see some guys come in. I expect that we will see some guys come in from the back of the pack to come in and pit early. Let's get another opinion on pit strategy for tonight's race. Over to Jim Phillips. And with Harold Holly, crew chief for the Bush Series points leader. Harold, what kind of what kind of pit strategy is it going to take to win the race? Well, we get uh, two sets of tires, so we're going to try to go as long as we can on this first set, probably, and uh, just try to stay out of trouble. Just try to be cautiously aggressive all night and use our heads and work our way to the front. There's a lot of race cars on this racetrack tonight, so we just want to make sure we're one of them here in the end. Okay, that's uh, Harold Holly, crew chief for Jeff Green, the Bush Series points leader. And he said, you've got to be aggressive, but you got to be cautious. South Boston Speedway, just four-tenths of a mile, but a lot of action, most of it in the turns. To cover that for us, Dan Hubbard from Rancho Cucamonga, California. Thank you, Joe, and good afternoon to everybody. It is very tight, very narrow through the 12-degree banking of turns three and four. Cement walls, both to the driver's left and right, to the inside and outside, which means if the driver gets in trouble, he's either going to find a wall or a car is going to find him or both. 
I'll cover all the wild action here at turns three and four of South Boston. Pace cars off. Casey Atwood and Tony Raines bring the field off turn four and down to the line. Green flag is in the air, and we're underway at South Boston. Atwood gets the jump, falls in line in front of Raines in turn two. Raines leaning on Casey Atwood from the second position, gives him a little shot in the caboose coming down the back stretch, but Casey Atwood will have the lead. Raines is second, Michael Rich in third, and it's two by two by two behind them. Front three cars have broken away now as they come down to the start-finish line. Casey Atwood with Raines just behind, looking for a way to get by, looking to the inside, but there's just no room there. Top three cars are single file with Casey Atwood showing the way. Battle for fourth is side-by-side with Hornaday. Jason Keller, now Jay Sauter gets in that mix. Hornaday squirts out in front of Keller there to take over fourth. Now Jay Sauter to the inside of Keller there. They're double wide for fifth. Fight for fifth on off of turn two. Sauter way down low. His car gets a great bite coming down the backstretch, and now he'll set his sights on Ron Hornaday as the top ten cars single file. Good race going on for the seventh position. Jeff Green tried to take a shot at Todd Bodine. Got crossed up a little bit in turn number two. Falls back in line in the eighth position. Now the front nine or ten cars are all nose to tail. Jeff Green is sandwiched between Todd Bodine and the other car, Philip Morris. Morris tries to look to the bottom of the inside, but Green shuts the door into turn three. Down to the start-finish line. Casey Atwood, Tony Raines, and Michael Rich. A three-car breakaway. A couple of car lengths ahead of the race now for fourth. Coming off of turn two, it is the race for fourth between Ron Hornaday and Jay Sauter. A couple of Craftsman truck veterans going at it for fourth at South Boston. Sauter so far has not found a way around Hornaday. Sauter puts the bumper to him once again, coming up off turn number four, but Hornaday just will not move. He has to settle back in line, single file. Hornaday Casey Atwood leads the way off turn two. Hornaday still with his mirrors full of Jay Sauter, and Hornaday is trying to catch Michael Rich, who's doing very well so far in the third position. Hey, somebody who's struggling here in the early going, that's Jimmy Johnson, the rookie driver in the Alltel machine. He's hung up in the outside lane and really fighting the handling of his car. In fact, there have been some people stacked up, jabbing on the brakes behind him as Johnson's fought his machine. He's had a, a couple of close calls, but been fortunate not to turn it around, and everybody behind him has done some pretty heads-up driving to keep from getting turned around in the stack-up. Kind of tough when you get stuck up on that outside line. Everybody is trying to squeeze down to the inside and make their move there. Let's go back to the fourth-place battle. That's been going on for the last three or four laps. Jay Sauter continually working on Ron Hornaday. He's put the bumper to him a couple of times, but Hornaday continues to be defensive and hold that inside line. Last time around, Sauter tried the inside groove through turns three and four. Nothing doing there. Now he hangs the Chevrolet a little bit wider, getting a good run off of turn two, but still cannot find a way around Hornaday. Jason Keller gets pushed up into the outside lane from sixth position. Todd Borine gets to the inside of him as they go double wide to turn two. Side by side for six, headed toward the back stretch. It'll be Todd Bodine down low. Jason Keller up high. Keller working that middle groove to his advantage. Squirts out just a bit in six, but Bodine gets the better bite off of turn two. Todd gets a good run up off turn number four. Gets a fender out in front, but Keller pulls even once again. Meanwhile, just ahead of them, Jay Sauter's going to try the outside lane to get by Ron Hornaday. But Hornaday shuts that door. Sauter's getting a little frustrated, putting the chrome horn to Ron Hornaday. They're off of turn four, single file. Down to the start-finish line, completing lap number 11 of the 300 in tonight's race. Sauter going to look to the outside of Hornaday now. That won't work. Still will not work. Now Sauter may have a good run to the inside of turn three. No! Hornaday shuts the door on him into turn three. Sauter had to throw the anchors out to avoid a collision there. So Jason Keller loses one, two positions, maybe three spots as he still works the outside lane while the race leader on the back straightaway is catching the tail end of the field. Casey Atwood only has a couple of car lengths before he reaches Jason White in the channel lock Chevrolet. Yeah, one of the things about having 43 cars on a four-tenths mile speedway is some of these cars at the back that are racing side by side are going to get put a lap down at a hurry 
Ferrari as Casey Atwood has that clear racetrack and continues knocking him down. Atwood now up on the back of the car of Jason White, Justin Labonte, Lance Hooper, Jason Schuler, all there with the race leader bearing down. Big crowd coming off of turn two. Atwood will work that high groove. Swings it out wide coming off of turn two. Trying to go side by side now with Jason White. He'll dispense with that car. Tony Raines and Michael Rich still in hot pursuit. Atwood making the nice moves to the outside. Gets by the Jason White car. Settles in behind Justin Labonte. He works the inside line. There's five more cars just ahead the leader will have to deal with. So far, traffic being cooperative as, as much as they can be as Atwood now goes door-to-door with Justin Labonte working that outside lane. Still the race for fourth spot is pretty hot and heavy. Jay Saunders had a fender alongside Ron Hornaday a couple of times, but Hornaday's driving fairly defensively at this point and hugging down to that inside line and giving Sauter nowhere to go. You're right, Alan. Ron Hornaday making his Chevrolet very, very wide, making it difficult for Sauter. They're still nose to tail off of turn four. But Casey Atwood continues to show the way. Tony Raines is second, Michael Rich third, Ron Hornaday fourth, and Jay Sauter fifth. We've completed 17 laps. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. Craftsman in your hand, not to stop me, yeah Not a chair, quick to stand, only the engine repair Craftsman in your hand, nothing you can't do Make your lawn, make your jaw, boy, that kitchen that on Craftsman in your hand, not to stop me, yeah From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's up here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. We are under caution as we come back to South Boston Speedway in the Textile East Medique 300, 25 laps into the event. Bobby Hamilton Jr. and Jason Leffler racing for position with the leader, Casey Atwood, right behind them. And there was contact between them going into turn one. Hamilton Jr. nipping the quarter panel of Leffler. Leffler ending up backed into the outside wall in the corner, and the yellow flag is now out. Pretty amazing, though, in the first uh, 26 laps of this race. This is the first caution flag. There's been a lot of near misses there. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so far, everybody getting away okay until that contact between Hamilton and Leffler. Hamilton drove away, though he did not stay on the lead lap. Leffler's car sitting crossways across the racetrack. He's trying to roll down the speedway and find enough room to make the U-turn. But the traffic is basically strung out all the way around the speedway, even with the pace car in front of the leader, and so he doesn't have any room to get going and get back uh, up to speed and rejoin the, the line. A couple of things we noticed uh, during that run. Several cars not handling very well, kicking up in the corners. Tony Raines, the second-place car, some smoke coming out of the pipes on that machine. Let's get some updates on Pit Road, first with Winston Kelly. Well, we uh, also documented that Jimmy Johnson had fallen back in the back. He had not said anything. They think on the uh, Tony Raines car, it might be a left rear 
tire that's got a rub from the fender on the left side of the automobile, so they're looking at it as it comes by. They don't think there's any engine problems, but possibly a rub on the left rear tire on Tony Brain's Bayer Chevrolet. Up to Jim Phillips. Hey, we're in the Jason Keller's pit, and Steve Batting to this crew chief. Steve, you lost a few positions. Why? Hard. For some reason, this just got awful tight. He thought a right rear was going down there for a few minutes, but seems to be all right, just tied off. Tied off the corner. Bad news here at South Boston. Maybe it'll equalize out here in a few laps. Both cars involved in the crash were able to continue. Bobby Hamilton Jr. and Jason Leffler have moved away. Today's broadcast of the Textile Medic 300, the Textile Lease Medic 300, is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the South Boston Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this event without the express written consent of MRN Radio is prohibited. Pit Road is open in the fifth place car is coming in. Jay Sauter just gave up fifth spot on the speedway to come down the pit lane here. There must be something they think is wrong because there would be no other reason to give up that track position. Winston Kelly is walking into that pit stall now. Winston, what are they working on? Well, they're putting up the hood on the car. Looks like they've got some damage to the front of the car as if he may have gotten into the back of Ron Horn today as everybody was checking up. Yeah, they do have a little bit of damage on the screen portion of the car. The screen at the front grille section has been pushed in. They're spraying water, so they've got an overheating problem on Jay Sauter's car. An awful, Brad, awful bad break for Jay Sauter and his crew when they were running up in the fifth position. It's going to be really hard to come back up through all this traffic and get back up there and uh, contend for the win here this evening. Phil Parsons is on pit road. Jason Schuler comes in. Here's Chad Chaffin coming in and out of pit road here. Early stop, slap number 29. Let's go to Jim Phillips. And it's a wedge out. Uh, actually, there's a track bar adjustment on the Schuler car, Allen, and uh, they moved the track bar uh, up on it, so evidently his car's a little bit loose, and uh, so that's the story right there on him. And Justin Labonte also coming on to pit road, and Joe, what this is going to do with the caution coming out this early in the event, and only a few cars being lapped down, by the time the leader takes the green flag, he's going to be about three seconds, <laughs> literally, from catching the tail end of the field as they're just getting up to speed. And uh, there are going to be a lot of guys that just gave up uh, the track position for these pit stops that could get put a lap down in a heartbeat when we get the restart. Yeah, although you really have to be aggressive on a racetrack like this anyway, this adds a defensive part to it as well because you definitely want to stay on the lead lap. We've completed 30 laps this evening. Our first caution flag came out on lap number 25 when Bobby Hamilton. Hamilton Jr. and Jason Leffler made contact going into turn number one, fighting to stay on the tail end of the lead lap. Again, both those cars have been able to continue, but both have lost a lap to the leaders. Just joining us, we are at South Boston Speedway in Virginia for the NASCAR Bush Series. Textiles Medic 300, the NASCAR Bush Series event. Uh, got some word here late this afternoon from our folks up in Michigan watching NASCAR Winston Cup Happy Hour up there. And I know this will be a story of interest to a lot of the local fans here listening to us in the South Central Virginia area that Elliot Sadler was involved in a rather nasty accident during final practice for tomorrow's Kmart 400. Apparently barrel rolling his car some 10 or 11 times. The word back is that Elliot, after a trip to the hospital, is okay just cut and bruised, but apparently a very wild crash for the uh, second-year driver from here in the Southern Virginia area in final practice up in Michigan late this afternoon. Good to hear that he's okay. Signaled out for one to go here at the South Boston Speedway as we get ready to go back at it. 32 laps have been completed. Casey Atwood has led from the start this evening. Tony Range has been putting some pressure on him from the start, especially when they've got caught up in some heavy traffic. He's still there in second. Michael Rich is third. Ron Hornaday fourth. Todd Bodine is fifth. Six is Jeff Green. Philip Morris is seventh. 
Eighth is Jason Keller. Ninth is Tim Fidoa. And Elton Sawyer is tenth. Double file restart with lap cards occupying the inside lane. First of those is uh, Jimmy Johnson. Also Bobby Hamilton Jr. lined up on the inside lane as the field now hits turn four and gets ready for the restart. And there's still the lap cars trying to get up to the inside of the lead lap machines and double up. Green flags in the air. We are back at it. Jimmy Johnson trying to get a lap back from Casey Atwood. Jimmy Johnson gets a little bit sideways, maintains control of the car, but Casey Atwood will maintain the lead. Tony Range, Michael Rich, Ron Hornaday, contact made with Bobby Hamilton, but Hornaday maintains control of his Chevy. Tony Range had to check up because of Jimmy Johnson's car that came up the racetrack off turn number two, nearly contact there. Now Michael Rich is going after him for second, and there's a challenge for third. As Casey Atwood opens up a lead of about four car lengths, it will be Tony Range holding off Michael Rich. Jeff Green is trying to run down top of Don as they come off of turn four. It's Ron Hornaday up to the inside of Michael Rich trying to follow the lap car through the bottom groove and see if he can get third away, but the lap car is in the way right now. Side-by-side battle from the third position down the back stretch. Hornaday down low, Michael Rich up high, and there is a fly in the ointment, and that is Jimmy Johnson as they race back to the strike. Rich goes to the outside lane to get by Johnson. Now Hornaday switches up. He goes to the outside lane as well. Here comes Todd Bodine and Jeff Green following. Top five cars, single files. They come off turn two into turn three. It's still Casey Atwood showing the way. Todd Bodine now will start to challenge Ron Hornaday for four. 37 laps complete. Atwood leads. Tony Raines is second. Michael Rich third. Ron Hornaday is fourth. Todd Bodine is fifth. Sixth is Jeff Green. Seventh is Philip Morris. Eighth position is Jason Keller. Elton Sawyer runs ninth. And Tim Fiedewa rounds out the top ten. Eleventh would be the Kevin Grubb machine. Kevin Harvick is twelfth. Blaze Alexander is thirteenth. Randy LaJoy fourteenth. And Hank Parker Jr. is fifteenth. And the rest of the top twenty in the opening laps are P.J. Jones, Mike Dillon, Jeff Purvis, Mike McLaughlin, and Buckshot Jones. Casey Atwood continues to build on his lead. About four car lengths now over Tony Raines. He pulls away. Has some clear sailing going on right now, but it won't be long before he catches the tail end of the field. And once again, the beating and banging and slamming continues. We've completed 39 laps. Trump. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Back at South Boston Speedway under the second caution in the Textile East Mid-Heat 300. A few pit stops happening here under this yellow flag. Let's recap them. First, Jim Phillips. Well, we had Phil Parsons in. Uh, they changed uh, two tires on his car. He was involved in an accident spin over there in turn two and uh, has uh, some damage to the left rear of his car. Also, Jimmy Johnson came in the pits, and he's back out on the racetrack. Weston Kelly. Tom Hubert's car's on pit road in his AT&T Pontiac. They've got a lot of damage to the front of the car. The hood is bowed up. They've got damage to the rear of the car. It's been smashed back in on the left rear of the automobile. They've got water boiling out of the radiator, so it looks like you might have to pull behind the wall and change the radiator. Jason Lindner's still on pit road. He's been here since the last caution flag. He hit the turn one wall. Heavy damage all the way down the left side of the car, and the left rear of the car is also crunched in. Getting the one-to-go signal ready to give to the field now as they come to the start-finish line. So we'll go back racing next time by. Later on in the evening, the members of the media covering tonight's race will vote the Goodies Headache Award to the driver suffering the hardest luck during the running over preparation for the event with $250 to the winner from Goodies Headache Powders, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. As usual at a short track race, there'll be lots of headaches tonight. We'll see more than a few of those passed out at the end of the evening. There are a few headaches already, I'll grant you. All right, now the field is lined up on the back straightaway about a half a lap from going back under the green flag. Casey Atwood probably likes seeing some of these cautions because although it takes away his big lead, doesn't have a chance to catch the tail end of the field and start beating and banging on some of the slower cars. Here they come now, off turn number four, getting ready for the restart. Atwood, Tony Raines, Michael Rich, Ron Hornaday, and Todd Bodine, the front five, working around the slower lane of traffic on the inside. This time, when Casey Atwood punched the button, Tony Raines went with him, and now Raines briefly looks to the inside. He'll try to beat him to turn three, and he does. Tony Raines gets the inside line. They'll side-by-side side for the lead off of turn four. Atwood had tried to move down, entering turn three. Raines kept the bumper in there, shoved Atwood up into the outside lane, put Tony Raines in front now. Tony Raines has the lead, but ever so momentarily as Casey Atwood tries to work that outside group, but nothing doing. So it'll be Raines in the top spot. Atwood in second, Michael Rich in third. And trouble coming off turn number four. Todd Bodine gets spun around. Justin Labonte merely gets by. Other cars go to the outside and inside. Caution flag out once again. Jeff Green and Todd Bodine made contact going into turn number four. Let's go out to Dan Hubbard, who probably Joe, had a better view. Joe, that was a very, very light tap by Jeff Green. It didn't take much here at South Boston. Todd Bodine spun the car a full 180, did not make contact with the wall, and miraculously, everybody went to the bottom side or the top side to avoid Todd Bodine. So Bodine dodged a bullet there. And uh, the two drivers racing for the NASCAR Busch Series Championship getting together there. Actually, uh, look at a replay. There was actually no contact at all between Green and Bodine at the point that Bodine spun. It looked like... um, it looked like he was just trying to deal with some lap traffic when the thing got away from him and went around. So tough break there for Todd, who's going to fall all the way back to 34th position instead of racing for a spot in the top five with Jeff Green there. I'll tell you what else was was very fortunate is when Bodine's car went sideways in the middle of the corner, the whole pack came steaming in there. A lot of guys standing on the brakes with both feet. A lot of guys bouncing off each other. Basically, nobody else was heavily involved. Kevin Harvick got a little wrinkle to the front and side of his machine, but not heavy enough to really be that noticeable. A couple of other guys bounced off each other, but but nobody got sideways. Everybody kind of continued, and for the most part, everybody got away cleanly. There were a lot of close calls. There's not a whole lot of room on this racetrack. If a car gets turned sideways, there's just no place to go. So the fact that everybody didn't pile in, particularly since that was going on on the front five, is uh, pretty miraculous. I'll tell you what was pretty miraculous was watching Tony Raines take the lead on that last restart going off turn two that was a battle of chicken he dove to the inside you could almost feel the fact that he was trying to stick it down there 
thought, maybe not, maybe yes, maybe not. Yeah, I'll go for it. And he just yes. dove down to the inside of Atwood and uh, took over the top spot. That occurred back on lap 47. And Casey Atwood tried to come down and protect the inside, but Reigns kept the fender in there. And they made that slight bit of contact that uh, allowed Reigns to keep the bottom side and made the uh, quick move on the restart there to get the lead away from Casey Atwood at lap 47. And we work now the third caution of the race here. <laughs> and we're just 51 laps in. 43 cars on a four-tenths mile track. Contact is the name of the game, and it's going to be that way all night tonight. It's going to be a battle of survival in terms of who keeps the fenders on the cars and the front-end alignment pointed in the right direction and all the rest of that. This is going to be probably a, a night of heated tempers as well by the time the checkered flag waves a little bit later on. It's been a bad night already for Jay Sauter. We told you he had some front-end damage. Has been in a couple of times to check the front end of the car. Here he comes once again. Winston Kelly, I guess the problem there continues to be overheating on that machine? Yes, it does. Uh, and one of the things that they're having to worry about, the same situation with Todd but I is with this many cars on the racetrack, getting onto pit road and changing right side tires and back off before the caution car comes around as they're only about a quarter lap if not less ahead of the caution car so Todd Bodine's crew talking back and forth on the radio determining if they're going to stay out same situation happened to Jay Sauter during the last caution flag they thought they were going to lose a lap this time they had to come down and put some water in also on pit road Buckshot Jones who had been making some moves up toward the front of the field Bobby Hamilton Jr. Uh, extremely speeding down pit road. It's good enough to beat the pace car, but he almost lost control of his car on the pit lane, which would not have been a pretty sight there. Things are so tight around this racetrack with the cars lined up and trying to get to pit road and all the rest that drivers are taking some chances here, trying to exit and enter the pit lane with their pit road speeds in order to try and make sure they get enough time to work on the car and beat that pace car back around and not lose a lap. Under caution, the third one of the Textile East Medique 300. We're back in a minute. Back at South Boston, the caution is out again, and we got a mess. In turn one, three cars involved, Ricky Hendrick, Wayne Grubb, and Todd Bodine involved in his second incident of the night, and it's just about got the track block down there, and that was a hard shot that started first against the inside wall, then the outside wall with Ricky Hendrick looking like he was the first one to go. He got uh, crossed up a little bit, tried to gather the car in. We've talked so much tonight about how tight it is here at South Boston, and Todd Bodine, unfortunately, after having his problems earlier on being involved in that crash back on lap 48, he was the wrong place at the wrong time. He got caught up and got some of the action as well. Wayne Grubb's car sitting up against the outside wall there in turn one, and Ricky Hendrick is sitting right across the racetrack, right on the main racing groove with debris scattered all over the track in turn number one here at lap number 62, our fourth caution. Todd Bodine has driven his car away. It is missing the trunk lid, which was knocked off the machine in the contact with the outside wall. The left side sheet metal is beaten in. The left front fender looks like it's in on the tire, and Todd is going to duck onto pit road now the second place driver in the NASCAR Bush Series Championship is having a very, very difficult night here in South Boston tonight. We'll give Todd a minute to get to pit road and the crew a chance to look at the damage on the car. Then we'll get an update on what's going on there. In the meantime, Ricky Hendrick and Wayne Grubb have both dropped the window nets on their machines. Hendrick climbing out of his car now after a shot against first the inside wall, entering turn one, and then the outside wall with a couple of other cars right at the apex of the corner. Grubb now beginning to climb from his car as well. We can see him moving around. Now he climbs out of his machine. He went right up against the outside retaining wall just kind of stopped there as he wedged it up against the concrete wall. But uh, good news is that both drivers are okay, but it looks like both those cars are done. 
Todd Bodine has taken his car in behind the wall. And the crew begins to swarm over it there. And we work the caution flag here for the fourth time already in the Textiles Medique 300. It has been a slam-bang night so far. And we are still plenty early in this event. So it'll be uh, probably a, a little bit of a cleanup here as there is some oil and liquid that has been dropped out from underneath the Ricky Hendrick car. He runs away from the machine and jumps over the wall and begins to walk back toward his hauler now. Obviously okay. Meantime, Jim Phillips is looking over the Todd Bodine car. Jim, how bad is it? It looks really bad. Uh, he lost, like you said, he lost the deck lid. Uh, that, that means all the downforce. Uh, Todd is uh, getting ungeared. He's going to climb out. I'm going to get a word with him right here. They've got a lot of, a lot of work to do on this car. Todd, I know this is disappointing. It all started with a spin. What happened the first time, and then what happened here? Uh, the first spin, I have no idea. And the car just came around. Uh, didn't get in there that hard. Nothing unusual. It just came around. I don't know if something was on the track or just lost it. Uh, this time, they got crossed up in front of me. That's what happens when you're back with the lap traffic. Uh, uh, no patience. Uh, trying to race to stay in front of the leaders, and they just got crossed up, and I run in right into it. Can you get this thing fixed? It looks rough. It's pretty rough. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll do the best we can and get out and make some laps, if nothing else. That's Todd Bodine, disappointed, of course, but this crew is swarming all over this car, and they'll try their best to get it back out there. So okay. Todd Bodine behind the wall, the 1996 winner of this race. Here comes Ricky Hendricks' machine. It looks like it's completely done. The whole front end is caved in. Also the machine of uh, Wayne Grubb being hauled in on the wrecker in from the back side of the pit area. So three cars with uh, problems here early in the race. Let's go to Winston Kelly. Yeah, Ricky Hendricks just walked out of his hauler, had a pretty decent run going, a great run at Nashville just a few weeks ago. What happened out there, Ricky? I'll tell you, you know, uh, we had a bad qualifying deal, and we got up to uh, – 24th and only like 30 laps into it. We had a great car. We could have finished in the top 10, no problem. And, uh, you know, it's, that's what you'll have in short track racing. And, uh, you know, somebody just got under me uh, when we were coming off four. And, uh, you know, they just didn't mean to, I'm sure. But, you know, we got caught up in a wreck. And you'll have that big time auto racing. Like you guys said, a short track racing here at South Boston. Ricky Hendrick, though, out of it this evening. So the fourth caution flag in just the first 62 laps of this one with Todd Bodine, Ricky Hendrick, those two cars along with Wayne Grubbs being brought back behind the wall on wreckers. Uh, most of the other ones had been for relatively innocent spins and bumps and rubs against the outside wall, but this one here has used up pretty well three race cars at uh, 62 laps into tonight's 300-lap event. Tomorrow, it's off to the Michigan Speedway for the Kmart 400 and the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Motor Racing Network's live coverage at 12.30 Eastern Time. Bobby Labonte on pole for tomorrow's race with Ricky Rudd, Jeff Gordon, Rusty Wallace, and Joe Nemechek making up the top five starters. The rest of the top ten on the grid will be Dale Earnhardt Jr., Jeff Burton, Bill Elliott, Dale Earnhardt, and John Andretti. Twelve different winners in 13 races this season and a number of great candidates headlined by Rudd to make it 13 and 14. And that's the Kmart 400 at Michigan tomorrow on Motor Racing Network. Next weekend, another one of these big triple headers for MRN Radio coverage of NASCAR racing. We'll start it off at the Pocono Raceway for Bud Pole Qualifying. Friday afternoon, Bud Pole Qualifying reports and the live coverage starts at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Then it's on to the Kentucky Speedway for the Kroger 225 for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. That's on Saturday evening at 7.15 Eastern Time. We'll head to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Next stop for the NASCAR Bush Series for the Myrtle Beach 250. Airtime 9.15 Eastern Time next Saturday evening. And then back to the Pocono Raceway for the Pocono 500 NASCAR Winston Cup Race. That's next Sunday at 12.30 Eastern Time here on MRN Radio. Cleanup continues at South Boston. We'll be back in a minute. 
The Textile East Midi 300 on Motor Racing Network being brought to you by Smooth Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Light Bush, the official sponsor of the NASCAR Bush Series. And by Purelator Oil Filters. Next time, put on a pure one from Purelator. Better remember it. Tony Rain shows the way as we go back under the green flag. He is pulled away by four car lengths over Casey Atwood. And the reason for that is because Casey Atwood hit the wall on the backstretch, gave it a good clop with the right side of his Chevrolet. He's still in second, but he may have knocked out the toe in the front end of that car. Right now, all of the sheet metal looks like it's off the tires, but very heavily scraped up and a little bit pushed in on the Casey Atwood machine. So the driver who led the first 46 laps of this event, having the car get away from him just a little bit, though he continues in second spot. Atwood in second, Michael Rich in third, Ron Hornaday fourth, now Jeff Green in fifth, and Philip Morris is on the move through lap traffic. Here comes Philip Morris going to the inside of Jimmy Johnson, a lap vehicle, so now Morris sets his sights on Jeff Green, and Jeff Green trying to get to the outside of the lap car of Lance Hooper. Morris having to go to the inside of one, to the outside of the other, meanwhile trying to stay up with Jeff Green. They both work the outside lane now as they go to work on Lance Hooper. He knows the tail, Philip Morris chasing down Jeff Green down the back stretch. Lance Hooper will have the optimum line into turn three, so Jeff Green gets it done the hard ways and races back to the strike. Philip Morris told us in our pre-race coverage that he thought he had a car. All trouble in turn four. One car gets spun around in front of oncoming traffic. It is Jason White, and they scatter once again as the caution flag waves nearly four wide. Coming up off the corner, Mike McLaughlin got a good bit of damage from that. He was in the aftermath. Mark Green got uh, caught up in that as well as Rich Bickle with minimal damage on his car. But again, it was Jason White being lapped by some of the front-running machines. He got turned around sideways and then caught up the other cars to bring out caution number five. Lap 76. This one will wave, and once again, the pace car will move up in front of leader Tony Raines. A number of drivers attempting to get a lap back racing to the yellow, but none were successful. Looked like that Jason White might have got a little bit of help from P.J. Jones in making that contact with first the inside and then the outside wall coming off turn four, and then the track blocked in front of Mike McLaughlin, who has continued, but has some pretty significant uh, sheet metal damage to the nose of his machine. It's been a slam banger so far. Let's go downstairs. And with uh, Wayne Grubb, earlier accident, Wayne, you started deep in the field, coming up through there, then what happened? I tell you, the Lane Belt Chevrolet was running pretty good. We picked up uh, quite a few spots there off the start of the race, and, and you know, we just started trying to bite our, our time and, you know, keep the fenders on it, but we ended up overheating there, you know, towards that first little run, and we had to come in and pull some tape off, and so it sent us to the back, and we just got caught up. The track's so narrow now here in South Boston, but, uh, you know, it's still an awesome facility. It's just when somebody gets a little bit out of shape, there's nowhere to go. That's exactly what happened to him, and his car looks like it's irreparable. He probably will not be back into the night's race. Some pit stops here, including some of the cars that got some damage in this most recent caution flag. We see the Mike McLaughlin machine coming down pit road. Rich Bickle is on to pit road. Mark Green, Hank Parker, Buckshot Jones, Jason White is on the pit lane. Uh, Buckshot making about his seventh or eighth or ninth pit stop already in this event. Hank Parker also in. He's had some overheating problems as we get uh, pit stops here at lap number 78 under this uh, fifth caution flag of the event. Let's go to Winston Kelly. Well, overheating has been prominent down here on this end of pit road, Alan. We talked earlier about the Jay Sodder car. Same situation with Buckshot Jones. They changed right side and left side tires while they were working on the overheating problem. They believe they've got most of that repaired as the temperature has been coming down. Same situation that you mentioned on Hank Parker Jr. Overheating there on the Mike McLaughlin car. The front section of the car has been ripped away. They're pulling away the front bumper section on his automobile and hopes to get him back on the racetrack. We're only 79 laps into the race, and uh, just watching Jim Phillips walk out there on the pit lane, Jim, it's about every car that comes by you has some kind of damage already. 
Uh, it really did, Joe. And uh, one thing that uh, here at South Boston, they want to keep those front ends as close as they can for get front down force. But when you do that, you get the least little bit of lick on that front end. It caves it in. You've got overheating problems, and we've seen a lot of that tonight. Yeah, if you've ever seen a NASCAR Winston Cup or NASCAR Bush Series machine up close, you know the grill openings are not very big on the machines to start with. And when you bounce off the car in front of you, which you're pretty likely to do with 43 cars on a 410-mile track. That opening closes off in a big hurry, and on a 90-degree day like we're having here in South Boston, that will get the overheating uh, setting in very, very quickly. While we're under the caution, why don't we take a look at the field and set things for you as they stand 81 laps in. Still 32 laps, uh, 32 cars, that is, on the lead lap at lap 81. It's Tony Rain showing the way with Casey Atwood in second. Michael Rich is third. Ron Hornaday fourth, and Jeff Green is fifth. Six is Philip Morris. Jason Keller is seventh. Eighth is Elton Sawyer, and ninth is Kevin Harvick. Tenth is Randy LaJoy with Tim Fidoa in eleventh. Twelfth is Mike Dillon. Thirteenth, Kevin Grubb. Fourteenth is P.J. Jones. Dave David Green shown in 15th. 16th is Jeff Purvis. 17th, Dick Trickle. Andy Santer runs 18th with Jason Jarrett in 19th and Lyndon Amick now 20th. 21st is Jay Sauter. 22nd is Jason Schuler. Chad Chafin is 23rd with Jay Fogelman 24th. 25th now Bobby Hamilton Jr. 26th is Blaze Alexander. 27th, Hank Parker Jr. 28th is Rich Bickle. 29th, Mark Green. Buckshot Jones is 30th. Bobby Hillen 31st and Mike McLaughlin 32nd. Those are cars on the lead lap. One down is Lance Hooper, he's in 33rd with Jimmy Johnson in 34th. Justin Labonte, 35th. 36th is Phil Parsons. Jason White is 37th. Behind the wall, Todd Bodine, Ricky Hendrick, Wayne Grubb, Doug Reed, Tom Hubert, and Jason Leffler. And we're set to go racing as the pace cars on pit road. The field comes off of turn four at lap 83. Reigns up through the gears, but Lance Hooper, the first car lapped out to his inside. Now they go double wide to turn one. Tony Reigns clears that lap car of Lance Hooper as he comes off of turn two and down the back stretch. Now to be up to Casey Atwood to clear the lap traffic. Tony Reigns running away now by about a car length and a half as they head back to the front stretch. Atwood slips a little bit going up the banking, trying to get by Lance Hooper. Now starts to clear that machine. Here's Michael Rich, the third place car, also going to the outside of the lapped car. Hornaday almost got into Michael Rich coming off of turn two as Rich was having a problem getting around Lance Hooper. So Hornaday, a very, very close fourth. His mirror is filled with Jeff Green. Down to the start-finish line. About a car length separating the top three now as the rest of the top ten continue to work around some of the lap traffic. Here they come, single file off of turn two. It's still Tony Rain showing the way. Casey Atwood doing very, very well, even after he scraped the wall down the back track. Michael Rich holding down a solid third. Tony Rain started running away on the start, but now Casey Atwood has cleared the traffic. He's closing in up on the rear bumper nearly as they exit turn two. Only a quarter of a car length separate the top two. It'll be Tony Rain bringing it down low through turns three and four. Casey Atwood right there. He'll be catching lap traffic soon. It won't take them very long till they've caught up to the end of the field and some of the cars beaten and banged up in the early incidents we've had in this race. Nose to tail for the lead. Casey Atwood looks to the inside as they swing out wide off of turn two. Now into turn three. Tony Reigns doing everything he can to make his Chevrolet very, very wide. Atwood was up front the first 46 laps. He wants a piece of it again, and he looks to the inside of Tony Reigns going into turn one. He ducked to the inside momentarily, but Reigns shut the door again. They come off of turn two. Nose and tail glued together into turn three. Atwood will try the high side this time off of turn four. Nothing doing. Getting to see some smoke from behind the Mark Green machine. Drawing careful scrutiny from the NASCAR officials as the leaders continue to go at it for the top spot. Lap traffic may be a factor very, very soon as Reigns gets a little bit loose off of turn two. Feeling the pressure from Casey Atwood, who again works that middle groove off of turn four. Meanwhile, Mark Green gets the black flag because of that smoke that Alan mentioned. Up front, though, the battle for the lead becomes a three-way battle as Michael Rich closes in. He has tightened it up from that third position, so they are nose to tail the top.
top three cars. Reigns, Atwood, and Rick still knows the tail through turns three and four. And if you're going to make a move and get that lead away from Tony Reigns, Casey Atwood better do it before they catch the tail end of the field and get back into heavy traffic. Still, he's not able to get alongside. Tony Reigns will try to use that slower traffic for a buffer between himself and Atwood. The first car would be that of Doug Reed. Tony Reigns still has four car lengths before he catches that traffic. Atwood tries to squeeze way down to the inside, but the inside retaining wall blocks a move there. Once again, he goes to the outside and takes a look. Tony Range in the top spot. Casey Atwood in second and Michael Rich in third with the best seat in the house. Rich just kind of laying back to see how this thing will develop. They're racing back to the strike. Coming up now in the back of the Doug Reed car. He was behind the wall for a little while earlier in the event. Leaders will have to go to his outside. They choose the outside lane. Doug Reed pulls over and slows down. Some sportsmanship there. So Range, Atwood, and Rich all get by. So too does Ron Hornaday, Jeff Green, and Philip Morris who are having their own battle for fourth. Fourth, fifth, and sixth place cars now starting to close in on the front trio. Those are Hornaday, Jeff Green, and Philip Morris. All nose to tail. Trouble in turn four as Hank Parker Jr. got turned all the way around. Slammed the wall to the outside of turn three with the... Uh, driver's side of the car. Hank Parker now has it got it refired. He's going the wrong way on the racetrack trying to get it turned around. So the car has been refired and he will rejoin the fray. And just some absolutely crazy racing back to the caution flag among the top five. Michael Rich, the third place car, now has the whole right rear quarter panel of his car torn up as Jeff Green and Ron Hornaday both tried to get a spot away from him coming back to the yellow flag. Caution number six. In the Textile East Medique 300, just 95 laps into the event. Back at South Boston, about one-third of the way through the Textile East Medique 300 for the NASCAR Bush Series, and already working the sixth caution flag of the event. This one when Hank Parker Jr. spun into the outside wall. In turn number three, he has continued on away. Casey Atwood gave up second spot for a pit stop under the caution. He comes back out in 24th position when basically about everybody else on the lead lap chose to stay on the racetrack. I guess figuring we've had enough laps under the caution that they didn't need the tires. Maybe going to make it a one-stop race instead of a two. We'll find out uh, with an update from Pit Road in just a moment. First, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR 2000. The NASCAR Bush Series Textile East Medique 300 from South Boston Speedway in Virginia. Live tonight on Motor Racing Network. Alan Bestwick here with Joe Moore. Dan Hubbard's on the backstretch. Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly are in the pit and garage areas. 43 cars at a four-tenths mile short track. Well, the story of the race has been just what you'd expect. An awful lot of sheet metal wrinkled in the opening one-third of this event. Jace Otter had some of the problems early on in the event. We'll check in his pit area in a moment. It is in the garage area. First, let's check in with Winston Kelly on the decision for Casey Atwood to pit. Uh, Jason Radcliffe, the crew chief on the car, is talking back and forth with his driver about where his track position is and who he's going to be racing when he gets back under the green flag. So we'll get a comment from Jason in just a moment. He's getting getting ready to relay to us. See if we can talk to him. Jason, you were planning on going to 100 laps. You came in earlier. Why? Well, uh... We're like 102 right now. I figured time we came in, time the caution was over, it'd be over 100 laps. I'm, I'm really surprised nobody came with us, but we'll see what happens. That's the thoughts of Jason Radcliffe. He thought that uh, he talked about earlier in the race that they would come in around lap 100, but they'd watch what the leaders did. He being one of the leaders, like he said, he was surprised nobody else came in. Having these fresh tires, just have to wait and see if it works out. I think I think really the answer is we've just had so many laps run under the caution flag that a lot of people feel like they've got a lot of rubber left, and maybe instead of making it a two-stop race, they'll come in once around halfway. Fuel's not really an issue here in this event. They can come in once on this thing, change the tire somewhere near halfway, and run the rest of the distance on just the one stop. Jim? 
Man with uh, uh, Jay Sauter. Jay, a lot of pit stops, and now you're behind the wall. What's the problem? That's uh, just short track racing, you know. Uh, just uh, got the, we bottled up early on, and it uh, caved the nose work in. They straightened that back out, but the screen was missing, and something went through the radiator. Uh, just not our night tonight in the Quality Farm and Country Car, but uh, it'll be all right. Uh, we'll get back out there and make some laps and get some points. We went all the way back to 34th, got back up to 20th position before you to come in this time. Uh, they wanted to save the engine and replace the radiator, so that's what's going on. Speaking of making some laps for points, Todd Bodine is back on the speedway, 32 laps down to the race leader at the moment, showing back in 41st position, the second-place man in the NASCAR Busch Series Championship coming into tonight's event. Five cars are behind the wall, Ricky Hendrick, Wayne Grubb, Jay Sauter, Doug Reed, and Tom Hubert. One to go signal is out. We've completed 103 laps in tonight's event, and it is Tony Raines who shows the way. Casey Atwood started on the bud pole this evening, led the first 46 laps. Raines came around took the top spot on lap 47. He's been there ever since. Michael Rich rides in the second spot. Remember, he has some damage on the right rear of his car, but as of now, at least, it doesn't appear to be rubbing on the tire. Third is Ron Hornaday. Fourth is Jeff Green. Fifth is Philip Morris. Jason Keller is sixth. Elton Sawyer is seventh. Kevin Harvick is eighth. Randy LaJoy, ninth. Tim Fidawa completes the front ten as we get ready to go back under the green. Pace cars off, and the leader, Tony Raines, jumps on the gas in turn four with a Mark Green car, the first of the lap down machines to his inside. They go double wide through a cloud of oil dry to turn one. Once again, Tony Raines clears. All has a little bit of a problem clearing Mark Green. Now he does down the backstretch. Green sandwiches himself in between the leader and Mike Rich. And Mike Rich having his problems with Ron Hornaday from the third spot. Hornaday works the outside lane. Gets right up on the bumper of Michael Rich. But he's held up a little bit. Phil Parsons occupies the inside lane there. Now Hornaday breaks free of Phil Parsons. Sets his sights on Michael Rich, who's working on the lap car of Mark Green. Rich looked to the inside, but Green shut the door. Meanwhile, Tony Raines is pulling away. Seeing a little bit of smoke from the Michael Rich car. Remember, he's got the sheet metal damage at the right rear corner after getting hit by Hornaday, racing back to the last caution. For the moment, however, Michael Rich holds down the second position. Ron Hornaday chasing from the third spot as Hornaday the nose darting around on that Chevrolet as he breaks hard for turn three. Daisy Atwood having some problems in traffic. Remember, he made the pit stop, and now he's well back behind everybody and decided to pull over to the outside lane and let him get on by for the time being. He knows he's going to have to be patient. Up front, though, it's Tony Raines leading the way. Here's Michael Rich finally getting the opening down on the inside of Mark Green, but Green races him hard. They go side-by-side in turn one. They're still side-by-side coming off of turn two, but Rich should get the better bite. No, Mark Green proving to be a very, very tough customer as he bounces off the wall slightly down the back stretch. Michael Rich and Mark Green still side-by-side. Mark Green, the first car running a lap down. We'll check that. Mark Green is running uh, about three laps down. He is back in 34th position after the black flag for the smoke a little bit earlier, so he is not racing to get back on the lead lap, but he's trying to get one of his three laps back from the race leader. The race right now is going to be for third position. Ron Hornaday, Jeff Green there. Uh, those two cars dicing it up with a couple of laps machines and nearly getting turned around. Green and Hornaday are nose to tail. They've got Mark Green right in front of them again. Green is three laps down. Hornaday now clears Jeff Green, looks to the inside of Mark to put him in yet another lap down. Further back, Philip Morris trying to get by the car of Jimmy John. Jimmy is as fast as the race leaders, but he's not on the lead lap. And he is causing everybody problems as they try to clear him on the back straightaway. Philip Moore still cannot clear Jimmy Johnson. Trouble in turn two. Randy LeJoy gets spun around. Here comes the stack up. About 20 cars behind him. Three or four spin around. Rich Bickle, Jason Schuler. 
Lyndon Amick and Jason Leffler get spun around, and the leaders barrel in on the accident scene. The yellow flag is out once more. Randy LaJoy gets it crossed up. May have got a little help. There was plenty of traffic all around him as he spun in turn number two, bringing out the caution flag for the seventh time this evening. And then the ensuing pileup behind as other cars try to get on the brakes and avoid slamming into him. LaJoy was able to get away with minimal damage to his car. But uh, the caution flag waves once again, and uh, looks like the temperature is rising. Randy LaJoy got a nip in the back bumper from the Mike Dillon car, and that's what spun him around. They were racing for position there back around the 12th and uh, 11th spots, and that is what triggered the LaJoy spin over in turn number two that put us under yellow for, for the seventh time in this race. Now pit road is open as the leaders come around to turn number two. Let's see who among the front runners decides to come in for service this time. It looks like most everybody in the top ten except the leader, Tony Range, is going to come in. Michael Rich is in, Hornaday, Jeff Green, Philip Morris, Jason Keller, Elton Sawyer, Kevin Harvick. All of the front runners except the leader, Tony Range, are coming in for service here, and this is going to do wonders for Casey Atwood's track position. The leader's coming around slowly at their 30-mile-an-hour pit road speed back around to the front stretch side of the track, and let's go cover some stops. Here's Jim Phillips. Yeah, here comes Ron Hornaday and his Chevrolet. We see some damage to the left uh, headlight a part of his uh, machine when he ran into a car earlier. Now we've got Jason Keller in, right side tires. Jeff Green is right in front of him. The Bush Jimmy's points leader, right side tires for him. They'll probably all do four. This is about the right schedule I heard before the race started for these teams. Around the left side, they come. Harvick is in. Hornaday's going to beat him out. Now here is Randy LaJoy in. Elton Sawyer leaves to Winston Kelly. Elton Sawyer got four tires in fuel. A problem on Tempeda with he left one of the jack screws in on the left side. So he's going to have to come back in. Wayne Grubb on pit road. Four tires in fuel. Andy Santer, the last one to leave pit road. He got four tires in fuel along with Lyndon Amick and Jason Jarrett. The biggest mistake is going to have to belong to Tempeda's crew. Left the jack screw in, jack bolt in on the right left side of the car. So they're going to have to come back in and pull that wrench out. Should put Casey Atwood back up into second spot behind Tony Raines, who has stayed on the speedway. We'll check the restart order for you in just a minute. Under caution once again at South Boston. At lap 120, the green flag is back in the air. Tony Raines leads the Textile East Medique 300. Bobby Hamilton Jr. is second. Bobby Hillen is third. Blaze Alexander is fourth. And Buckshot Jones is fifth. All of those cars staying on the track under this caution, as well as Casey Atwood, who's now back up to the sixth position. You've got in seventh, Jason Schuler, Rich Bickle in eighth. Then the cars who just stopped, Ron Hornaday and Jeff Green, make it up the ninth and tenth spots. Tony Raines leads the way, but he's got traffic to deal with as well. Jimmy Johnson able to get back in front of him on the restart. So Rain sits just behind him. The lapped car of Phil Parsons and Lance Hooper before third place, Bobby Hillen. They race off turn two. Coming off of turn two, it is still Tony Rains in that top spot. Here comes Bobby Hillen off the corner. That's Bobby Hamilton Jr. right on his rear bumper as Hillen tries to find a way. Oh, we got problems. Blaze Alexander spins right in front of the middle of the field. That's a full 360. Everybody dodges to the low side and the high side. Nobody hits Blaze Alexander. No caution yet as the leaders go down the back stretch. Now the car Caution will wave. Caution will be out for the eighth time in the event as Jimmy Johnson comes back to the stripe and gets a lap back and gets back into the lead lap in this event. So put Johnson back in the same circuit with the front runner Tony Raines. And we go to the yellow flag once again at lap number 124. Blaze Alexander had stayed on the racetrack under the last caution, was running in the top 10, Dan Hubbard, but he's not anymore. He did a great job. They were running in a very, very tight pack of five cars nose to tail. Blaze got a little bit of help 
Gallup coming into turn three, spun the car completely in a 360-degree maneuver. Everybody heavy on the brakes. The majority of the field went down to the bottom side of the racetrack. Blaze did not find the wall. Nobody hit Alexander, a very lucky driver this afternoon at South Boston. Had to feel like the bowling pin that got missed by the ball because they came on both sides of him trying to get by. And everyone miraculously did make their move. Blaze now has refired his car and drives away to fall in at the rear of the field. While things are quiet for a minute under the caution flag, let's check down on the race leader's pit, Tony Raines. When Casey Atwood came down pit road at lap 96, Raines stayed out. Casey was running second at the time. Then when the other top ten cars came on down pit road at lap 115, Raines stayed out. He has yet to visit pit road in this event. What is the strategy down there, Winston? Well, with Alan Russell, the crew chief, you haven't come in, Alan. Wow, what's the strategy? Tires are fine. They don't seem to be helping those guys back here right now. Got plenty of gas. It's still a lot of race. There's going to be a lot more cautions. You got any idea when you're thinking about coming in? Not for a while yet. We're still thinking about it. They weren't making any moves at all to come in this time, so it'll be a while before Alan Russell brings his driver, Tony Raines, down pit road, and then he makes a very good point that the tires that the guys have got further back in the pack, it doesn't seem to be helping them significantly like we would, well, like we would have expected. Interesting strategy on that end of the pit road. Anything similar in front of you, Jim Phillips? Same thing, Joe. Uh, these guys that have made stops, uh, like Elton Sawyer just left his pit area just a minute ago. They said that stop they just made the moments ago was going to be it for the race. And I talked to Kevin Harvick's team. That was a strategy for them. One pit stop to do this race. So they've still got plenty of time to make that pit stop. And like I said, they've got plenty of gas. The tires are good. So why not lose the track position? Well, the interesting thing for Tony Raines is that when he does come down pit road, all those other guys that have now stopped are going to be in front of him if they also are going to make it a one-stop race. So Raines is going to have to hope that the fresher tires are going to be that much of an advantage for him to get back through the traffic later on. Let's say he stops with 100 to go. He's going to have to hope that the fresher 100 laps on his tires is enough to get him through the Elton Sawyers and the Ron Hornadays and the Kevin Harvicks who are all planning to stay out on the speedway for the rest of the event. Showing 28 cars now on the lead lap as they come down to the line to get the signal for one to go. Reigns leads. Bobby Hillen doing well. He's in the second spot now with Bobby Hamilton Jr., another survivor of several incidents earlier this evening. He's in third. Casey Atwood up to fourth now with Buckshot Jones in fifth. Six is Ron Hornaday. Jeff Green is seventh. Elton Sawyer eighth. Jason Keller ninth. And Mike Dillon is running tenth. Eleventh is Kevin Grubb. Jason Schuler is twelfth. Rich Bickle thirteenth. David Green is fourteenth with Philip Morris in fifteenth. Sixteenth is Kevin Hart. Michael Rich is 17th, Jeff Purvis 18th, Andy Santer is 19th, and Dick Trickle is 20th. 21st is Chad Chaffin, P.J. Jones is 22nd, Lyndon Amick 23rd, and Jay Fogelman is 24th. Tim Fiedema Shonen 25th, Randy LaJoy 26th, Jimmy Johnson 27th, and Phil Parsons is 28th. 29th, one lap down is Lance Hooper, Mike McLaughlin is 30th, Chase, uh, rather Justin Labonte, he runs now in 31st, with Blaze Alexander 32nd, Jason Jarrett 33rd, Hank Parker Jr. 34th, Mark Green is 30. 5th and Jason White is 36. Behind the wall, the cars of Jay Sauter, Jason and Leffler, Tom Hubert, Doug Reed, Ricky Hendrick, and Wayne Grubb. Todd Bodine was behind the wall. He has come back out, but a number of laps down from the race leaders. Eight cautions so far in the event for all kinds of different bumps and bangs and spins. One lead change among two drivers. Casey Atwood led the first 46 laps from pole and Tony Raines went around him and has led from lap 47 to where we are now at lap number 129. Field doubling up for the 
the restart as one of Dick Trickle's crewmen goes for a wild tumble down on the pit lane when Trickle was leaving pit road. The crewman looked like he still was attached to the race car and went head over heels but has gotten up and walked away so that was a close call there and uh, we're going to get the signal one to go and we'll go back racing next time. Here they go working side by side off into turn number one with lap cars down on the inside. Phil Parsons the first of those. Lance Hooper, Mike McLaughlin and uh, Jason White occupying the inside lane with Reigns lined up in the outside. Bobby Hillen, Bobby Hamilton Jr., Casey Atwood and Buckshot Jones kind of shuffled up because of the strategies the various strategies being employed on the pit stop calls here this evening but it's about all to shake out once again as we get ready for the green flag working off turn four. Phil Parsons the first car lap down to the inside of leader Tony Raines and we're back up to speed the field rockets into turn one. Raines gets a good jump about two car lengths over Bobby Hill and now Hill and makes up the gap down the back stretch as Tony Raines tries to clear Phil Parsons slight contact is made into turn three but Raines maintains the control of the lead Raines finally gets around Phil Parsons that was a hard-fought battle for about a half a lap. But Reigns out in front with clear sailing. Bobby Hillen, second-place man, going after Lance Hooper. Yeah, Tony Reigns really putting some distance now between himself and the second spot of Bobby Hillen. Hillen has two lap cars in front of him and really is losing ground on the leader. Yeah, Phil Parsons is the first car one lap down in 28th position. Lance Hooper in 29th is also a lap down. It is the second-place car, Bobby Hillen, separated from the leader by those two. And then with another lap car behind him, the Mike McLaughlin machine is not on the lead lap as well. He's back in 30th position. One lap down. Here's the leaders off turn four. Back to the line. Reigns able to get away. Good lead now he has. And still that cushion of the two lap cars between himself and Bobby Hillen. Bobby Hillen mired in traffic trying to get around the lap car of Lance Hooper. Hooper very, very difficult. They go into turn three side by side as Hillen and Hooper. Hooper gives him a little love tap, but Hillen clears his car. Dick Trickle's machine showing heavy, heavy smoke on the racetrack. The overheating problem with the nose of the machine mashed in on his car about to manifest itself, it looks like, in a bad way as it's beginning to smoke out the pipes for Dick Trickle when he gets off the gas and coasts into the corners. Let's pick up the third place car, Bobby Hamilton Jr., another one mired behind some heavy traffic. He's got the Lance Hooper car just ahead of him. Further back, Buckshot Jones races side-by-side with a lapped car of Mike McLaughlin. Buckshot Jones clears that car, but Ron Hornaday is right on his rear bumper, nose to tail, Buckshot Jones and Hornaday racing back to the strike. Off of turn number four, down to the start-finish line. Racing there for the fourth and fifth position with Jeff Green right behind him in sixth. Three-car battle for the fourth position. Buckshot Jones has got it. Hornaday and Green want it. They're still single file through turns three and four. Second place, Bobby Hillen has finally cleared one of the lap cars. He got by Lance Hooper. Now he has Phil Parsons between himself and the race leader, Tony Raines. Bobby Hillen still about a car length and a half behind the lap car of Phil Parsons. Meanwhile, Tony Raines has opened up his lead to about five car lengths. 130 laps are in the books in the Textiles Medique 300 at South Boston, a race that has been uh, yellow fever filled so far in the first half of the night. Time to go inside the NASCAR garage brought to you by Napa celebrating their 75th anniversary. Napa, where NASCAR fans get their parts. Understanding tire construction can help you make the right decision when choosing tires for your car. During tire construction, the cord layers, or plies, are applied. This can be done in two ways, diagonally or radially. For many years, tires have the diagonal or biased plies. These plies crisscross, making a tire that is strong in all directions. However, the plies tend to move against each other, causing heat to build up, especially at high speeds. Radial tires were then developed to fix this problem. 
A radial tire has plies that run parallel to each other and vertical to the tire bead. The bead is the part of the tire shaped to fit the rim of the wheel. Stabilizer belts are then applied over the plies to give strength to the tire bead. And these belts are made from steel mesh, fiberglass, or nylon. I'm Eli Gold in the NASCAR garage. NASCAR knows, now you know. We've just reached the halfway point of tonight's Textile East Medic 300 for the NASCAR Bush Series at South Boston Speedway in Virginia. Tony Raines is out in front. He has led since lap number 47. Bobby Hillen is about 10 car lengths behind him in second, with the first machine a lap down of Phil Parsons right in between the top two. Bobby Hamilton Jr. runs in third. Fourth is Buckshot Jones. Jeff Green is fifth. The rest of the top ten are Ron Hornaday, Elton Sawyer, Jason Keller, Casey Atwood, and Mike Dillon. Leaders beginning to catch the tail end of the field once again. Tony Raines starts looking ahead. They're racing side by side. Jason Leffler and Justin Labonte, the first two he'll catch. It will be Jason Leffler as Tony Raines has the lead. However, the lap car of Phil Parsons has suddenly found some speed. Parsons very, very fast right on the rear bumper of Tony Raines. Phil, the first car, a lap down, 27th position, trying to get back on the lead lap. Let's mention an unscheduled green flag pit stop a minute ago for Jason Jarrett. Had a fender pushed in on a tire. It has dropped him to the 34th position, five laps down, behind the race leader. The leader has closed in on lap traffic now, and Tony Raines has got his hands full as he works his way to the outside of the Jason White car. And he is side-by-side off of turn two. The leader trying to get around another lap car, and he clears them on the back stretch. Meanwhile, Bobby Hillen is going to have to deal with two lap cars before he even has a shot at the leader. Todd Bodine has brought his car back into the garage area. He was trying to stay out and rack up as many championship points as he could, but looks like maybe that's done. Let's check in there now. Transmission problems for Todd Bodine, Joe, among all the other problems he's had tonight, so it's going to be another long stay down here. Second man of the championship points after having a bad week last week at Dover Downs. Two bad ones in a row, but everything clean and green for Tony Raines except all the traffic he's having to deal with. Working to the inside and outside of cars, he heads for turn three. He's closing in on the rear bumper of Jason Leffler who's had his problems all evening long, but so far Tony Raines has a lead of about ten car lengths over Bobby Hiller. Dick Trickle's car has been pushed behind the wall as well. The overheating we described a little bit ago is also beginning to take its toll on his machine, and they have pushed the Schneider trucking car back into the garage area here just past halfway. The race for third position is about the best one on the speedway right now. That is where Buckshot Jones continues, excuse me, uh, Jeff Green has just moved through that crowd, and Buckshot Jones continues to try and work on Bobby Hamilton Jr. for fourth. That is the fight for fourth. Knows the tail. You can throw Ron Hornaday in that mix for a three-car fight. Now Bobby Hamilton Jr. tries to negotiate around the car of Jason White. Jason White has the inside lane covered, so those machines forced to go to the outside. First, Bobby Hamilton clears the lane to the high side. Here's Hornaday sneaking down low, trying to take the shortcut. They'll be side-by-side side for the fifth spot down the back stretch. Hornaday with a good line through turns three and four down the bottom, but he's got Jason White right in front of him. He can't pass Buckshot Jones. White's car trying to hug the inside off of turn number four, but everybody will jam up behind him as he's off the pace after being involved in an earlier spin. Three-car fight down the back stretch. It is still Bobby Hamilton Jr. showing the way for that particular position. The fourth spot. Buckshot gets a little bit loose off of turn four, giving Hornaday the inside line. Hornaday got a look down to the inside, had to come back out of it, fall back in line. You've got the machines of Elton Sawyer stocked up just behind them. 
The Jason Keller car, Casey Atwood is there, all nose to tail, headed to three. Single file into three, Casey Atwood is right on the rear bumper of Jason Keller as Keller gets just a tad loose off of turn four. Put Phil Parsons back on the tail end of the lead lap, he's just made the move underneath the race leader Tony Raines off of turn number two, so Parsons in 27th position, now back in sync with the race leaders and hoping one of those frequent cautions we've seen in the first part of the race will come out again soon. Here's a change for second spot, Jeff Green is on the move in two. And Green pull away from Bobby Hill and he does. A clean pass down to the bottom of turn two. Put Jeff Green in the second spot. Bobby Hillen in third. Jeff Green moves to second. Bobby Hillen in third. They're about 15 car lengths in front of fourth place. Bobby Hamilton Jr. Then Buckshot Jones in fifth. From there on back, they're stacked up very closely packed with Ron Hornaday, Elton Sawyer, and Jason Keller. That's a great fight coming off of turn two. Single file racing for once. Bobby Hamilton Jr. enjoying about a half car length advantage over Buckshot Jones. Tell you what, Tony Raines has got a rear view mirror full of Jeff Green, the point leaders on the move, closing fast. Off of turn two, Jeff Green gets a great bite and down the back straightaway. Tony Raines will have heavy traffic in front of him. That'll give Jeff Green the good shot. First car he's going to have to deal with is a car that just passed him a few laps ago, Phil Parsons. He unlapped himself, but now he sits in front of the race leader with an ever-closing Jeff Green in second. Jeff Green very, very fast off of turn two. Now he puts it down at the bottom of turn three. Only half a car length separates himself from the leader. Leaders catching up to some very heavy lap traffic now as they cross the stripe, completing lap 167. Besides the Parsons car, another dozen in front of them. Tony Raines has to figure out the problem of Phil Parsons. He looks in his mirror. Here comes Jeff Green to the outside of turn four, not close enough to make a pass. Jeff Green goes right up on the rear deck, looks to the outside as several cars nearly get together up in turn one. Tim Fidoa, Randy LaJoy, and Philip Mars with a close call just as the leaders close in. Jeff Green now right on the rear bumper of the leader, Tony Raines. Five, six, seven cars in front of the leader. Raines has got to throw out the anchor as he comes off of turn four. And we've got a car turned around on the back straightaway. It's Casey Atwood. Casey Atwood has found the inside retaining wall. Backs it up in reverse in front of the field. Everybody goes to the high side of the track. Atwood is back underway. Minimal damage to the left front of the car. And no caution. And here comes the race for the lead. In the jam up off turn four. Jeff Green to the outside of Tony Raines. Jeff Green takes the lead at lap 170. Can he hold it? Coming off of turn two. Phil Parsons is just in front of Jeff Green. Then it's the lap car now of Casey Atwood. Tony Raines stuck behind that Chevrolet. Jeff Green doing a great job working around around the traffic. He takes the top spot. Only the third different leader this evening. He shows the way now with Tony Raines in second, Bobby Hill in third, Bobby Hamilton Jr. fourth, and Buckshot Jones in fifth after 171 laps. Hey, honey. At the South Boston Speedway, some pit stops among lead lap cars, including the second place runner Tony Raines, who has been in. Winston Kelly? It was a very routine pit stop for Goodyear, 76 racing fuel. One round down on the track bar, so the car handling pretty good to Tony Raines' liking. Kevin Harvick on pit road, a little bit of damage to the front of his car. Phil Parsons, who's gotten back on the lead lap on pit road. Casey Atwood now squeezes into his pit stall just in front of Parsons. He lost a lap on that spin just a moment ago, so he's going to get four tires on his automobile as well. And let's mention that Phil Parsons was uh, overtaken by the race leader just as they came back, uh, just before they went to that caution flag. So even though he got the lap back from Reigns, he lost it again to Jeff Green, so he's a lap in arrears. And now the Casey Atwood car, this would be his second pit stop of the event, so obviously that uh, set of tires, the handling of the car, something not at all to his liking there. And he comes back down pit road and gives up a lot of track position again. Let's get an update from Jim Phillips. And with uh, Justin Labonte, Justin, a hard hit out there. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. Somebody got into me from behind there. Really, uh, we were running terrible today. The Slim Jim Chevy just couldn't. We could never get it hooked up good. And uh, 
you know, I was trying to stay out of the way, and somebody got into the back of me. I think it was another lap car. But, uh, you know, I thank all the guys that worked night and day on this car to get it ready, and I guess we'll just go to Myrtle Beach next week. So we'll see Justin Myrtle Beach next week. At least five cars involved in that crash. Casey Atwood was in a crash that was everything but a caution. Just a few laps before that on the back straightaway, just about the same spot. He looped his car completely around, hit the inside wall, backed it up, and kept it going, stayed out of harm's way. But then uh, just a lap later, those five got together halfway down the back straightaway. At the conclusion of today's race, Gatorade presents the Gatorade Front Runner Award of $2,000 to the eligible driver who leads the most laps in this event. Gatorade is the official sports beverage of NASCAR. Okay, this is the point at which we're supposed to go back and tell you everything that's happened in the race tonight. And I could probably sum it up fairly quickly by saying lots of wrecks. We've had a bunch of them. Nine caution flags in 179 laps of this event. I believe the pace car may collect the Gatorade money for leading the most laps in the race. Casey Atwood started on pole, led the first 46 laps. Tony Rain started second. He took over from Atwood and led from lap 47 to 169. We had a little bit of pitch strategy thrown in with Atwood stopping. At lap 96, then the rest of the leaders at lap 115, except Reigns, who stayed out until 177 before coming in to make his pit stop. Just before the caution flag and the Reigns pit stop, Jeff Green got rolling, and he moved up to take over the top spot at lap number 170. Among the top stories in this event, the fact that the second-place man in points, Todd Bodine, was involved in a crash, first at lap 48, then another one at lap 62. He is back behind the wall for uh, another time during this evening with a transmission problem on his car. Wayne Grubb, Ricky Hendrick, Doug Reed, Justin Labonte, Kevin Grubb, Jason Schuler, Dick Trickle, and Jay Sauter are the cars that are behind the wall now, and the race lead in the hands of the point leader, Jeff Green, and... Um, that is the storyline to this point in the event. It has been yellow fever so far tonight here in South Boston. Did you expect anything different? No, sure did. <laughs> Our mid-race update has been brought to you by Chase Authentics. Each week, the top drivers in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck, Bush, and Winston Cup Series compete on the track to provide the best entertainment in motorsports. Off the track, the competition ends, and NASCAR's leading drivers agree to supply their fans with the best apparel in racing. Chase Authentics, the authentic trackside apparel of NASCAR. Now back to the race where the chase is on. Let's check back down on the pit road, uh, Jim Phillips. All right, let's talk to Jason Schuler. Jason, good comeback there, then chaos. What happened? Um, all I know is you're just coming off two there, and, uh, you know, no one said nothing, and there was just a big wreck, and, I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, it's kind of bad. I mean, the Vizine Chevy was running all right. I mean, I don't think we had nothing to win with today, but, uh, you know, I just kind of feel bad for the team because they put everything they got into it and, you know, keeps coming home with the fenders off it. Are you out for the night? I believe so. It hit pretty hard. Okay, that's Jason Schuler. And, Jim, another one of the drivers involved in this accident was Kevin Grubb. Could you tell what caused it out there? Um, I saw I saw two people, two guys get together there coming off of turn number two. and I checked up for it, and um, whoever was behind me, the 20 car, never checked up and um, run to the back of us. This is a um, bad deal for the Timberwolf team. It's five weeks in a row we've had you know bad things happen, whether it be flat tires or wrecks or you know so on and so on. So um, hopefully this will be the last one that we can finish the year on a good note because um, it's gone pretty bad the past five weeks. Kevin Grubb keeping his chin up. A lot of damage to his Timberwolf Chevrolet, but he'll be back next week strong at Myrtle Beach. If you're going to get the signal in one more lap, we'll go racing when they come back to the start-finish line this next time. Let's go back and run you through the lead lap cars here and let you know where everybody stands after the shakeout on the pit stops. Jeff, Jeff Green is the leader. 
Bobby Hillen is second. Third is Buckshot Jones. Ron Hornaday is fourth. And Elton Sawyer is fifth. Mike Dillon is sixth. Jason Keller seventh. Michael Rich eighth. David Green ninth. And Jeff Purvis is tenth. Andy Santer is eleventh. Tim Fina was twelfth. Chad Chaffin thirteenth. Jimmy Johnson fourteenth. Back on the lead lap now. And Randy LaJoy is fifteenth. Lyndon Amick is sixteenth. Tony Raines will be seventeenth after the pit stop. Eighteenth will be Bobby Hamilton Jr. Rich Bickle nineteenth. Kevin Harvick twentieth. P.J. Jones twenty-first. Philip Morris twenty-second and Jay Fogelman is the last car on the lead lap in 23rd position. We have 116 laps to go now as the field works and begins to gather up on the back straightaway, getting ready for the restart when they come back around. Jeff Green shown as the race leader as we have uh, blown off. Yeah, they've just waved off the restart, so we're going to be another lap or so before we go back racing. So why don't we take a commercial break here under caution with 184 laps complete in the Textile East Medique 300. Tonight's broadcast of the Textile East Medique 300 from South Boston is brought to you by Goody's Headache Powders, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Two-way communication by racing radios. For trackside rental and sales, visit the TrackScan vendor, an authorized affiliate of racing radios. Jeff Green continues showing the way. He's pulled away from the second-place car of Bobby Hillen with a couple of lap cars separating the two. Mike Dillon made an unscheduled stop a few laps ago. He was running seventh. Winston Kelly? There's left-side tires on the car. He's still on pit road. Had to come back. Back down pit road, so a lot of problems after he was running seventh. Also, Philip Morris had a problem. He made an unscheduled stop. Jim Phillips. And the hood is up, uh, Joe. They're looking at the front uh, in the engine compartment. Also got a guy underneath, and there's some fluid on the ground. Uh, they have a water hose in there trying to cool off uh, his car. So overheating, it's been a very common thing here tonight with the heavy traffic on the short track. A lot of grills getting bashed in in the opening laps of this event. And now a lot of engines are suffering the consequences here as we move to lap number 199. Jeff Green across the stripe now with as big an advantage as anyone has had all night. He's almost got a straightaway on second place, Bobby Hillen. It is a big lead, Alan. Two lap cars between himself and the second spot of Bobby Hillen. But Hillen's going to have his own problems very, very soon. Ron Hornaday is making things interesting from the third position. Hornaday's about two car lengths off the rear deck of Bobby Hillen. Even a better race further back is for fourth now. Buckshot Jones held up behind the lap car of Hank Parker. Elton Sawyer there working on him. Sawyer gets it just a little bit sideways off of turn two. He's trying to attack Buckshot Jones now into turn three right on the rear bumper of that Chevrolet. There nose the tail off of turn four. Got the lap car of Hank Parker Jr. up to the outside lane, so Sawyer has to follow Buckshot through and try and slice his way up through the field. They both do it on the bottom side of the racetrack. Buckshot gets by Parker Jr. So too does Elton Sawyer. They bring Phil Parsons with them. Sawyer they have trouble off turn number two. Chad Chaffin and Andy Santer have spun around. The caution flag is out once again as the leader comes up on the accident scene off and got around. Jeff Green really had to get on the binders. Maintain the lead, I believe. Jeff Green seems unscathed. And there was a battle shaping up for the second spot just as a caution flag came out. Hornaday had pulled down the inside to try to make the pass on Bobby Hillen, but I don't believe was able to make the move before the caution waved for the tenth time this evening. Again, as two cars get together off turn two, Chad Chaffin and Andy Santer bring out the yellow flag once again. And Casey Atwood tried to race Jeff Green back around to the caution flag to get on the lead lap. He was not successful in doing so and so Casey Atwood will remain one lap down and find himself back in 27th position. So yellow number 10 tonight has slowed this event once more and we're almost getting to the point, almost, of looking up what is the record for the most cautions that have waved in a NASCAR Bush Series event. I can remember off the top of my head doing an event at Hickory, uh, North Carolina a few years back 
when we had something like 15 or 16. So we've got a little ways to go yet, but uh, we've had 10 in the first two-thirds of the race. Why not another five in the final third, right? 14 in this race last year, so I think it's uh, quite possible. We'll certainly break that record and maybe even go beyond uh, an official record for the NASCAR Bush Series because things have been pretty hot and heavy here this evening at South Boston. Pit Road is open for the lead lap cars. We watch the opening to see who comes in. Second place, Bobby Hillen will come in. Also, the fourth-place car, Buckshot Jones, will come on pit road for service. The stops coming at lap number 204. Let's see if we can cover the stops for Hillen and Buckshot Jones. Well, Hillen's uh, crew goes around to the right side to change right side tires. The first get of 76 fuel is in. They come around the left side. Let's see, they're going to do all four tires on Bobby Hillen's car. Here comes T.J. Jones in. His car is overheating. Could be... Uh, all for him for the night, but they are putting the water hose to it to see if they can cool it down. But smoke is beginning to pour from the rear of P.J. Jones's car, and Philip Morris's car has been shut off and will be sent behind the wall. Kevin Harvick is in. Also, the Jimmy Johnson machine came in. The machines of uh, Tim Fidoa in. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Tim Fidoa had started back in 28th after he had that pit miscue. He'd worked his way all the way back up to the ninth position. Four tires in fuel on the Stanley automobile. Linda Namick on pit rows, four tires as well for his automobile. Same thing for the Jimmy Johnson automobile. And while we have a minute under the caution, let's take the time to say hello to Susan Dewey, who is the executive director of the Virginia Housing Development Authority. Susan, nice to see you. What is the Virginia Housing Authority? Well, you know what? It would help if I turned your headset up just a little bit. How's that? I'll bet you can hear me now, can't you? I can hear you now. That's much better. Yeah, we're (laughs) working in unusual conditions than we normally work in here tonight. I understand. What's, What's a housing development authority have to do with racing? Why are you here? Well, the reason we're here is because Virginia Housing Development Authority is is here to serve low and moderate income Virginians in obtaining affordable housing. And one of our a big part of our mission is to assist them in home buyer education. And we have the first mobile mortgage van in the country that is going, it started in southwest Virginia, now it's in southside Virginia, to actually bring affordable housing opportunities directly to our citizens. And we know that racing is important to Southside Virginia, and yeah. housing is important to Southside Virginia, and we're here to help um, the citizens in this area understanding more about the opportunities that we can provide. So come to the race and get a mortgage. That's right, and and maybe when That's they neat. see our van sitting out there, um, and then a week from now they see it sitting in the the parking lot of Kmart, they'll know what we're all about, and they'll come yeah. and learn more about us. You're a race fan yourself? I saw you down there on the stage meeting all the drivers through the introductions. I have to admit, this is my very first race, but I've enjoyed it immensely. And I bet you if you get out here and watch the finish, you'll enjoy it a lot more. I'm sure I will. Appreciate your involvement in the sport, and pleasure to have you here with us tonight. Best of luck as you continue your awareness effort. Thanks so much for helping us spread the word. Thanks, Susan. Susan Dewey, the Executive Director of the Virginia Housing Development Authority. A little bit of a different presence around racing, but a good one to have them here uh, at South Boston tonight. About ready to get back with it. The signal one to go as the field makes their way off turn two. They are 19 cars on the lead lap here in the closing part of this event. 92 laps to go. Jeff Green leads Ron Hornaday. Elton Sawyer is third. Michael Rich is fourth. Fifth is Jason Keller. Sixth is Jeff Purvis. Randy LaJoy runs seventh now with Tony Raines in eighth. Ninth is Rich Bickle. And tenth is David Green. 
Pace cars off. Blaze Alexander will be the first lap car to the inside of the race leader. He's the first one to lap down in 20th spot. And Jeff Green gets the jump on him. Quickly dispenses of the traffic into one. Nice restart by Jeff Green. But now Ron Hornaday tries to make up the ground to the outside of Blaze Alexander. Alexander shuts the door down the backstretch. So Green can run away by about two car lanes. Elton Sawyer sits Trouble back in, in third. turn three. It is Randy LaJoy who spun it sideways. Everybody goes to the top side to avoid. No caution yet. LaJoy got it in reverse. Backs up the track. Drops it into first gear, and he's going to continue away. We'll stay underneath the green flag as the field comes up on him off four. Here's the leaders now. Back off turn four, swinging to the outside of Randy LaJoy. Jeff Green cleanly by. Second place, Ron Hornaday works underneath Blaze Alexander, one of the lap cars off turn two. Gives him a little bump to the rear there just to let him know he's there. Now Hornaday not only has to get around Alexander, but he has to hit the brakes very, very heavy trying to get around that spun car of Randy LaJoy. And he nips the back bumper of LaJoy as he tries to cut to the outside of him off turn four. Randy's hands busy on the wheel but he keeps it pointed in the right direction. While all this is going on, Jeff Green is pulling away. Now has about a nine-car length lead over the second spot of Ron Hornaday. Hornaday works heavy traffic. Elton Sawyer back in third, also with traffic. He deals with the car of Randy LaJoy. Back and forth, Michael Rich. He's made a great move back to the front of the field. And then Jason Keller works to the outside of lap traffic off two. That would be the fight for fourth. Nose to tail coming into turn three. Again, working to the outside of Randy LaJoy is Michael Rich and Keller. Keller gets the better bite off of turn four. 214 laps are complete. 86 to go in the Textile East Boutique 300. Jeff Green is out in front of the event right now. We've all- Under caution once again at South Boston in the Textile East Boutique 300. Lap 223. A hard crash involving two cars in turn three. Tough break for Buckshot Jones. He was making his way down the backstretch. Got a tap from the right side of the car from another machine. Buckshot could not maintain control. Bounced off the inside retaining wall right to the entrance of turn three. Then regained control. Unfortunately, Chad Chaffin was right behind him. There was nowhere for Chad to go, and he punched Buckshot right in the side of the car. Right now, Buckshot is trying to get his Pontiac turned around and back in this race, but there's heavy, heavy damage to the left front of that machine. And there's a lot of debris on the racetrack. Chad Chaffin must have uh, busted loose an oil line or something. He's dropped uh, fluids all the way around the racetrack as the smoke was pouring from his car. He's finally come to halt at the entrance to the pit lane off turn number two. Meanwhile, Buckshot Jones uh, trying to refire his car. It looks like he has and driven away from the... That was a pretty hard crash over there. I'm surprised he can even move that thing. Took a pretty good bounce in the right rear wheel, but he has backed the car in through an opening in the pit wall and is backing it right behind the wall while the Chad Chaffin car has stopped blocking the entrance to pit road. So the pit lane is going to be closed here for the next little bit while they try and clean it up. And the other thing that happened is when Chaffin bounced into the side of Buckshot, he drove the thing another three-quarters of a lap around the racetrack and about every liquid line was ripped out on the machine, it looks like, because he has left a huge stream of oil all the way from the middle of turns three and four, all the way down the front straightaway, and back around to the inside of turns one and two, where the pit lane opening is and where at which his car has come to rest. So uh, we're going to be uh, a few laps here on the cleanup after Chad Chaffin's car has uh, littered the front side of the racetrack with debris and with liquid here under this 11th caution of the race. So two more cars go back into the garage area because of uh, crashes here this evening. There's a number of company back there to be with them. Just about the second half of the field has uh, been involved in one way or the other and sits behind the pit lane. Todd Bodine had come back out for a while. Uh, Looks like uh, he went back behind the wall. I believe he's come back out again to try to rack up some more points. Justin Labonte has refired his car. They've made some repairs to it. He was involved in a crash earlier that was back on lap 173. They're going to send him back out of the racetrack, probably for a little more experience on the car. 
car. Randy LaJoy, who's been beaten, banged on all evening, has just made a pit stop. They've uh, moved away some of the sheet metal, rubbing against the tire on that car. So an opportunity to get some service and get him back out as well. So yellow fever tonight here at South Boston in the NASCAR Bush Series Textile East Medic 300. A rash, in, a rash of crashing and bashing uh, has really slowed the pace of this event. I get, tell you what, got to be impressed with Jeff Green and the performance he's had after getting out in front at lap number 170. He really has not been headed at all. He's been able to open up the biggest advantage anyone has had all night, Jeff Green has, in uh, powering his way away from the field. Pulled away by nearly a full straightaway there in that last segment of green flag racing. And, of course, that was helped out somewhat by the fact there were some lapped cars holding up the second and third place machines, too. But he certainly is strong and uh, should be pretty excited about the final 74 laps here this evening at South Boston. Don't forget, tomorrow, Motor Racing Network is on the air at 1230 Eastern Time with live coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series Kmart 400 from Michigan. Bobby Labonte and Ricky Rudd will share the front row for that event as we go at it on the beautiful, fast two-mile speedway in the Irish hills of michigan and that is tomorrow at 12 30 eastern time here on mrn radio to pit road let's see what jeff green's crew chief harold holly's got on his mind right now out front points leader harold since you've been out front you've gotten even stronger have we seen the last pit stop from you well i'm not real sure yet we're just kind of playing the field right now but we keep catching these caution laps we won't come back in uh it just took us a little while to get to the front there. Uh, just having to be real patient with the traffic. There's a lot of cars on the racetrack today. Once Jeff gets out front, he's really good by himself. So we'll just see what happens. But right now, we plan on staying out. Well, that's the story from Harold Holly, crew chief for Jeff Green. And if they do want to come in, now's the opportunity because the entrance to pit lane has just been opened. Chad Chaffin's car was sitting there for the longest time. They finally got it pulled away. And at least the first group of cars bypass, not coming in. Here's Michael Rich ducking down along the pit lane. He was running in the sixth position. He'll be the first of the lead cars to take advantage of this opportunity. Mike McLaughlin dives down along the pit lane. He was running in the 21st position, not on the lead lap. Uh, Linda Namick's going to come in. Also, Dave David Green's making a pit stop. So a couple of guys taking an opportunity here at lap 228. Let's check back with Weston Kelly. Well, Lennon Amick's now making his way onto pit road in his automobile. They've been in a number of times tonight. Tim Fiedel had to make an extra pit stop. He had a left front tire go down, so they came in and changed that. Buckshot Jones pulled his car behind the wall, got out of it, threw the ice pack down that was in his chest area that they used to keep cool, marched up into his truck, went up into the hauler, then he came back and slammed the door shut to the back of the hauler, indicating that he's not interested in talking to anybody. <laughs> okay. I'll bet that's not the first time Winston's had a door slammed in his face, you think? <laughs> Should be used to it. <laughs> probably won't be the last either. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not, especially at the end of the race later on tonight. Uh, David Green in, as Winston described a minute ago, getting service on his car. Michael Rich also will lead lap car in here. And we work the caution flag with 71 laps to go in a crash and bash em night here at South Boston, Virginia. One to go coming up as the field now works their way off turn four with some 18 cars still on the lead lap. 67 laps to go. It's Jeff Green, Ron Hornaday, Elton Sawyer, Jason Keller, and Tony Raines. That's the front five. Jeff Purvis is sixth. 
Seventh is Rich Bickle. Eighth is Jay Fogelman. Kevin Harvick is ninth. And tenth is Jimmy Johnson. Bobby Hamilton Jr. is 11th. Bobby Hillen is 12th. Blaze Alexander runs 13th. Tim Fidewa is 14th. Michael Rich is 15th. And Lyndon Amick runs 16th now. 17th position belongs to David Green. Those are the cars on the lead lap. One lap down, Andy Santer in 18th. Casey Atwood in 19th. And Phil Parsons in 20th. They had taken the P.J. Jones car behind the wall. He had gotten out for relief driver Wayne Grubb a moment ago, but now the car's locked up and won't move anywhere, so it is behind the wall, and the green flag flies with 65 laps to go. Ron Hornaday pressuring the leaders. Some lap cars there as well. Hornaday hanging on to the shirt tails of Jeff Green as they come off of turn two. Green gets very, very wide as Hornaday will try that wide outside line. The fans on their feet at South Boston. Hornaday takes the outside lane, tries to pull up alongside with Jeff Green, but Green just gets off the corner a little quicker, and Hornaday has to settle back in line. Things settle down just for the moment. Green has a half a car length over the second spot of Ron Hornaday. Then a couple of lap cars back to the third position of Elton Sawyer. Challenge for fourth. Tony Raines gets up underneath Jason Keller. Remember, he pitted about 100 laps later than most of the front runners. Maybe those new tires are starting to kick in. Tony Raines gets some good grip down to the bottom of the racetrack, and he will put himself in front of Jason Keller for the fourth position. So now Tony Raines will work on Elton Sawyer. And trouble off turn number two is Jason Jarrett gets called up in some heavy traffic. Able to continue on the way. Good bit of damage on the front of his car. So far, no caution flag is waving. Jason Jarrett moves down to the bottom of the racetrack right in front of Jeff Green. Green is able to avoid, and so too, the rest of the leaders. Jason's got two flat tires on the left side of his car, so he's going to have to limp around the inside of the racetrack and try and get back to the pit lane, and we will stay under the green flag for now. Also slow on the racetrack is David Green as the leaders go by him. Green's car sounding very, very sickly as it came by, like maybe the engine is about to quit and down to maybe four or five cylinders instead of up on the eight that it should be. Jeff Green, though, shows the way with Ron Hornaday clearing the lap traffic. He's about five car lengths off the rear deck of Jeff Green. Further back, a great race going on from third on back. Elton Sawyer's trying to hang on to it. Tony Raines putting the pressure on there, trying to squeeze by him for the third position. Raines looked down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Elton Sawyer blocked him. Now Raines bumps his bumper just a little bit, trying to get Sawyer loose. Still knows the tail off of turn four. Up off of turn number four as Tony Raines works the low side, Elton Sawyer, the top side. This the race for the third position, and it looks like Reigns will get the upper hand. Tony Reigns has got the third spot. Can he slam the door on Elton Sawyer? He does, down the back stretch. Now Jason Keller wants a piece of that action. He looks to the inside of Elton Sawyer. They'll be door-to-door off of four. Sawyer couldn't close the door down on the inside soon enough, so now Jason Keller steps up to try to take a shot down on the inside lane. Won't be able to make the pass this time. Let's go to pit road. Right, Chad Chaffin is out. Chad, a hard lick. What happened? Well, uh, that, the Lear Ford was coming up to the front. We were by 13th, and somebody got together with Buckshot Jones, and he spun to the inside, and then he whipped around to spin to the outside. There was a hole there, but when I got there, it closed up. And I really hate it. This team needs something good to happen, and it looked like we were headed for a top 10 today. Sure did. He's out tonight. Will not finish. Pretty heavy challenge for second as Tony Range is all over Ron Hornaday. Tony Range is on a tear on the rear bumper of the Napa Chevrolet. Range pressuring Hornaday through turns three and four. Range down to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll pull Hornaday up the front stretch. Tony Range takes a position here coming off turn number four. He is now back up to the second position, but Jeff Green's a long way out in front. Tony Range quite possibly could be the fastest car on the racetrack. He's got about 12 to 13 car lengths before he catches Jeff Green, but Tony Range is on the charge. Tony Range has 62 
lap fresher tires than the rest of the cars he's racing with. And then the leader he's trying to catch, Jeff Green. Is it going to be enough? Well, if he gets a caution to get back up to Green's back bumper, certainly I think it's going to be an advantage to him. But for now, Green's car is really hooked up, and he is rocketing his way around this racetrack. Down to the bottom of the racetrack, off of turn two. Inside of Justin Labonte goes Jeff Green. Green will have to use this traffic to his advantage as Tony Reigns now closes in on the lap car of Andy Santer. Interesting battle going on behind them a good ways for the sixth position now. Jeff Purvis has the spot. Rich Bickle is trying to make a move to the outside of him. Bickle takes the high lane coming across the start-finish line. They race side-by-side off turn two. Struggle for six. They're still side-by-side down the back stretch and into turn three. Jeff Purvis has a nice line, but Bickle's car really sticking in that higher groove. They're still side-by-side back to the strike. Here they come to the start-finish line with Bickle up top and Purvis down low. Bickle gets the advantage and the sixth position into one. This time Bickle will try to clear him off of turn two and he will do it. So put Bickle in the sixth spot. Jeff Purvis in seven. Right behind them now you've got Jimmy Johnson who's been down a lap a couple of times tonight. Has fought his way back. He's up to the eighth position. Further back in the pack now you've got Jay Fogelman and Kevin Harvick all working heavy traffic as they exit turn two. Kevin Harvick comes off of turn two. Lots of battle scars on that AC Delco Chevrolet but still motoring very well around South Boston Speedway. Whatever it was that was wrong with David Green's car a few laps ago suddenly is fixed to switch to the backup ignition box or something because he's suddenly back up to full speed and the car sounds fine unlike the uh, awful sound that was coming from it just a little while ago. 47 laps to go. Jeff Green leads Tony Raines by 2.4 seconds as they work heavy lap traffic here in South Boston. Despite having tires that are 62 laps older than the second-place cars, Jeff Green is rocketing away from Tony Raines. Yep. He's opened up an advantage by 3.3 seconds Oh, now. trouble off turn two. Jeff Purvis gets spun around. little tap by Jimmy Johnson, and Purvis loops it in front of oncoming traffic. Luckily, he rolled down at the entrance of the pit lane, and everyone cleanly gets by. So far, no caution flag is waving, but Purvis was running up in the sixth, seventh position. Now Purvis gets the car fired up, pulls back up onto the speedway right in the middle of oncoming traffic, but everybody's going to get by okay, though he will go from racing for a top five spot to being at least one, maybe two laps down, Purvis will. Here's a leader now, Jeff Green, working heavy traffic. He just got by Randy LaJoy, the Lyndon Amick car there as well. He clears those machines, maintains nearly a full straightaway lead over Tony Raines. For a while there, Tony Raines seemed like he was going to catch Jeff Green, but Jeff Green is weaving through the traffic so effortlessly, not so Tony Raines. He really has to hustle the car into the turn. Green has just gone around Lyndon Amick to put him a lap down. Lyndon, the 19th place driver. Next up is going to be Lance Hooper, the 18th place runner. Coming off of turn two and down the back stretch, Jeff Green closes in on the rear bumper of Lance Hooper. A whole gaggle of lap machines in front of the leader. Green can be pretty patient now because he does have such a commanding lead. Falling in line behind Lance Hooper, working the inside lane. Todd Bodine and Bobby Hillen also just ahead. Single file down the back stretch. Again, Jeff Green is your leader by a big, huge amount over the second spot. Green works the outside of Lance Hooper down the front stretch. He will draw up alongside and go on past as they slide down into turn number one. Next up, as far as lead lap cars are concerned, will be the Bobby Hillen car, who runs in 13th spot. And let's go back and check that. Lance Hooper and uh, Lyndon Amick are both one lap down, being put two laps down by the race leader. So the uh, ranks of those on the lead lap thinning out very quickly here in the closing stages of this race. David Green continues having a terrible problem with this car. It sounds like an awful thunderstorm when he comes by the start-finish line. Jim Phillips, what are they saying on his car. Well, I talked it's true. They said it's an electrical problem. He switched the boxes back and forth. 
It ran good for a while, then it quit running, and now it's started back running poorly again. So we're not sure what it is. The, ta- the tachometer's not reading right either. So some kind of electrical problem, they don't know what it is. Pretty good race shaping up for third and fourth spots out on the speedway between Ron Hornaday and Elton Sawyer. Elton trying to track Hornaday down and see if he can get around him. Let's follow that one. Coming into the, off the turn two and into the back stretch, it is Hornaday in that position. Sawyer about half a car length back. Sawyer had his problems trying to get around Jason Lefter. He's still in hot pursuit of Ron Hornaday. This race of the third position going on well over a full straightaway behind race leader Jeff Green. Hornaday has the third position. Elton Sawyer about a car length off his rear deck now. Again, Hornaday Hornaday seems much more controlled coming off the corner and into the corner where Elton Sawyer working his Ford a lot harder. Completing now the 273rd lap, 27 to go for the race leader Jeff Green. Pretty good race going on for the fifth and sixth spots as Jason Keller is about to give a position up. Jason Keller comes off that turn two and it looks like that would be Rich Bickle got to the inside of Keller so give Bickle the position. Those cars race side by side for a couple of laps. Bickle finally made the move, swung around the pick off the position so now he breaks into the top five. Let's go back to the third place battle racing into turn three. Coming in turn three it's still Hornaday who's got it but Elton Sawyer wants it. His Ford washes up way up high off of turn four. He's not going to get it done that way. Sawyer trying the wide side off the corner as they'll run up on the back of the slower car of Justin Labonte, who was behind the wall for a bit earlier in the night. Dan Hornaday used Justin Labonte as a pick. Hornaday keeps his Chevy way down low. Elton Sawyer follows him down that low line. They're nose to tail off of turn four. Those cars race nose to tail up off the corner while Jeff Green works down the back straightaway, just having cleared himself of a good bit of lap traffic, and all that traffic slowing him up somewhat has allowed Tony Rains to close in, but now he has the same task before him. He's got to pick his way through that heavy pack of traffic. He goes to work on the first of it off turn two. There is all kinds of traffic in front of Tony Rains. The first car would be Andy Santer. Tony Rains puts a bumper to him, but boy, even after he gets Santer, there's still too many cars between himself and Jeff Green. 22 laps to go for the race leader Jeff Green as he seeks to extend his NASCAR Bush Series championship lead. Todd Bodine involved in accidents earlier in the night, and yes, that is plural accidents. His back in 36th position, and Green is out in front now with 22 laps to go. Back at South Boston Speedway, 17 laps to go in the Textile East Boutique 300, and the leader is Jeff Green. He had a three-plus second advantage, wiped out by a caution in turn four when Tim Fidoa and Jeff Purvis spun around. Now the field shuffling itself around behind the pace car, trying to get the restart order straightened out before we go back at it for the final laps of this event. Let's go downstairs. Let's get on a word with Michael Rich. Had a great start tonight. What finally put you out, Michael? Ah, rear end. We burnt the rear end up. Um, we're just learning, you know, it's uh, short track stuff. It started smoking about lap 175. And we uh, just burned it up. It's just one of them deals. We had a good run going. We're just trying to stay out of trouble. Started getting a little bit hot and just trying to stay on the lead lap, but unfortunately it didn't work for us. So Michael Rich, he's out tonight after a good start. Jason Keller comes in to make a pit stop just before we get the green flag. He was running in the fifth position of only eight cars on the lead lap. Looks like they're making a tire change on that, an adjustment on the front end before they send him back out. And as the field comes back off turn number four, looks like it will be at least one more lap before we go back under the green flag. So Keller, again, one of only eight cars on the lead lap here with 16 laps to go. It is Jeff Green, Tony Raines, Elton Sawyer, Ron Hornaday, Keller, who now falls back behind Rich Bickle, who moves up to fifth, Jimmy Johnson in the sixth position, seventh Kevin Harvick, and Keller will fall in line in the eighth spot. That's not a bad gamble for Jason Keller. He was losing positions there in that last segment of the race. He pits with 
uh, 15 laps to go and only eight cars on the lead lap. If we go back racing with 10 to go, he's got fresher tires. Uh, he's going to have a lot of traffic, a lot of lap cars to fight his way through, but he might end up gaining a couple of positions by the time the checkered flag waves. And, of course, also once we get within the final 10 laps, which is only going to be four laps from now, should there be another caution, he'll be up there just among the lead lap cars. That would make it a lot easier to work the traffic. Coming across the start-finish line, the signal still not displayed for uh, one lap to go, so a few other cars come down along the pit lane. Here comes Justin Labonte. He's been in and out of pit road this evening with uh, quite a few uh, problems beating and banging by behind the wall at one point, uh, back out now on uh, the racetrack, getting in some, I guess, experience for Justin in uh, NASCAR Bush Series racing. So he'll make a final stop, and looks like next time by we'll get the one-to-go signal. When the field comes to the start-finish line, they will see that signal, so that'll mean we will go back racing with 12 laps to go in the event. It'll be Jeff Green leading, Tony Rain second, Elton Sawyer third, Ron Hornaday fourth, and Rich Bickle. Haven't really talked about him much tonight, but he has picked his way up through traffic and kept it on the lead lap and gotten into the top five. Terrific effort since they've had a lot of trouble qualifying for events and the limited schedule that he and his new race team have been out trying to do in this 2000 campaign. So a good solid run here tonight for Bickle. Jimmy Johnson coming back from a lap down to run in sixth position with Kevin Harvick, the super rookie, and Jason Keller rounding out the eight lead lap cars that will settle out the top positions in this one among themselves here in the final dozen laps. Forming up for the restart now as they head over into turn number three. Number of cars down on the inside lane occupying the lap down position. First of those will be Bobby Hamilton Jr. So now can Jeff Green pull away from the field like he has earlier this evening? Tony Raines, will he be able to stay with him as we get ready to go? We're about to see as the green flag waves. Twelve laps to go. Jeff Green and Raines quickly clear the lap traffic to two. This could be the best chance for Tony Raines to take over the lead. The top two cars clear the lap traffic. Jeff Green leads them into turn three, and Tony Raines only half a car length off his bumper. Third place Elton Sawyer also got out of the traffic, but Ron Hornaday nearly got shoved into the wall off turn number two. Now he's trapped behind one of the lap cars, watching the front three drive off. Jeff Green still maintains the stop top spot, trying to stretch his lead over Tony Raines. However, it's a carbon copy of the last lap. Tony Raines and Elton Sawyer hot on the heels of Jeff Green. Ten laps to go at the start-finish line. Is the signal now as Green puts another car length on the second place machine. Here they come off of turn two. Jeff Green extending his lead down the back stretch. Tony Raines all by himself in second. Although now Elton Sawyer closes the gap from the third spot. Sawyer is starting to close in a little bit once he got out of the traffic. Rich Bickle having all kinds of problems. He's the fifth place car now working with Jimmy Johnson to his inside. That is a race for position off turn two. Bickle has to deal with the car of Jay Fogelman. Now you have to back off just a little bit. Check up and we have a car into the wall in the back stretch. Continues to go. That would have been Lance Hooper. He continues on in the race. Eight laps to go for the leader, Jeff Green. He's pulling away from second place. Farther back, they're racing like crazy for fifth spot. Here they come off of fifth. Rich Bickle, Jay Fogelman and a group of other cars. Nose to tail down the back stretch as Bickle works the outside of Fogelman. Jimmy Johnson right on his rear bumper. And trouble up in turn number two as Jason Leffler and Blaze Alexander get into it. Leaders cross the line as the caution flag flies for the 13th time this evening. Blaze Alexander and Jason Leffler <laughs> get into it. Sort of a little soft T-bone going into the corner, but enough to bring out the caution flag once again. It's just at the point where you laugh at some of the stuff because this has just been a beaten and banging, give no quarter 
kind of a night here on this very, very tight racetrack. These guys, even racing for 20th position, are putting the fender to each other and bounce it off each other, and it's been that way right from the drop of the green flag. So once again, we see the caution flag, and this is really going to set it up for a final few lap shootout. There are five to go when they come back around. Shouldn't be much of a cleanup effort needed in the corner. Both cars able to drive away. Doesn't appear to be any uh, debris left on the racetrack. Matter of fact, the wrecker pulled up like he was going to go out there. Now he's backed back into position, and as the field comes up off the corner, we'll see if maybe we're going to be able to go back under the green flag. It looks like they're getting ready to give the one-to-go signal. As they come to the start-finish line, the NASCAR officials are communicating out over their race control channel to the drivers, crew chiefs, and their spotters what the restart order should be. And I believe they'll get the, the one-to-go signal next time, which will be at four-to-go. So we'll have a three-lap shootout to the finish of this race. So and Tony Raines is going to have one more shot at Jeff Green. And all the leaders will be up there by themselves. So traffic will not be a factor among the drivers who are still on the lead lap. And there are only eight of those. Again, Jeff Green. Tony Raines, Elton Sawyer, Ron Hornaday, and Rich Bickle. That's the front five, followed by Jimmy Johnson in six, Kevin Harvick in the seventh position, and eighth, Jason Keller. You know, a number of those names we have talked about in several instances tonight involved in crashes. There's uh, some pretty strong survivors there. (laughs) This has been a crazy night. I'm just sitting here looking at the field as they come by, trying to find a car without at least one of the quarter panels pushed in and crunched in, and I can't find one. Uh, at least everybody's got uh, at least a fender that's going to have to be replaced before the Myrtle Beach race next, next Saturday night. And even the leader's car, even though most of his fenders look clean, he's got rubber donut marks all the way down the right side of the machine. And I just, it, it looks like it's been a war zone out there tonight. It has. Anyone can look at these cars and tell you've been short track racing. Well, we're about to sort it out here. It'll be three laps to go. They're coming off turn number four to look for the green flag. Jeff Green right in front of Tony Raines, and they get in the throttle and come down to the line. The green flag waves, and we are underway to settle the race here at South Boston. If Tony Raines tries to get around Jeff Green, Green is going to make him do it the hard way. His car is handling so well, he can keep it down to the bottom. Here's Tony Raines right on the rear bumper. Now if Jeff Green does not get him loose, they come off of turn four. He put the bumper to him, though, in turn four. Two laps to go. Raines pressuring Green, looking for his first win. It is still Green, however, in the top spot. Comes down the back stretch. Opens up a gap of about half a car length over Tony Raines. Elton Sawyer is in third. Ron Hornaday fourth. Tony Raines doesn't get the chance to drive down to the inside. The lap car of David Green in the way. White flag is out as Jeff Green leads Tony Raines off turn two. Final time off of turn two and down the back stretch. Is Tony Raines close enough? I don't think so. Jeff Green has a car length lead over Tony Raines. Elton Sawyer in third. Off the final corner to the start finish line and win number two of 2000 for Jeff Green. He holds off Tony Raines in a final furious three laps to score the win in the Textile East Medique 300 at South Boston. Raines will finish second, Elton Sawyer third, Ron Hornaday fourth, and Rich Bickle will round out the top Top five when their car got out in front, Jim Phillips. The point leaders team was very hard to beat. Survive. You guys ran to the victory. How do you feel about uh, this win today at South Boston? Well, I tell you, I just got to say Jeff Green was a man tonight. He showed a lot of patience out there. There's a lot of cars wrecking. He just stayed back. He knew he had a good race car. He stayed back and saved it, saved it, saved it. And when he got out front, he didn't use it up. He didn't burn his brakes up. He drove the next quick Chevy to Victor Lane. I tell you what, just an awesome job by Jeff Green. This pit crew's awesome. I got to thank old Charles Wright too, my, my uh, car chief. He's he's old veteran of racing. He's been around long as a dinosaur. And I tell you what, I was a little nervous about staying out on them tires that long. And Charles kept reassuring me. He said, "Harold, you're gonna be fine." So I tell you, 
So they're headed to victory lane. Harold Holly Crucci for Jeff Green, who brings his car down to the start-finish line to uh, pick up all the trophy and the winnings here this evening. Again, Jeff Green wins the event tonight. Tony Raines is second. Elton Sawyer third. Ron Hornaday fourth. And Rich Bickle finishes fifth. Hi, I'm Richard Petty. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio. Back at South Boston Speedway in the aftermath of a wild textile East Boutique 300, 13 caution flags, but in the end, the point leader, Jeff Green, comes out on top, and he scores his second victory of the 2000 season. Tony Raines, great performance tonight. He'll finish in second. Let's hear from him. Well, Tony, you started second. Looked like you played the race strategy out, but it wound up second. Yeah, we just we just run out of time there at the end. We come through the field pretty hard and uh, used up the tires and... You know, I just think uh, the guys on the crew worked really, really hard today. It's real hot down here. And Bayer Consumer Care, they've been, you know, they've been looking for this all season. We've been uh, disappointed ourselves. And this is uh, good momentum. Hopefully get turned around and start doing this every week. Looks like uh, that last traffic there, uh, he had a better run on the traffic than you did. Yeah, traffic was hurting me a little bit. I was just a little bit tight there at the end compared to early on. And traffic's everything. Then on the restart, I was good for about two or three laps. And my tires would get hot and I'd kind of fall back. So best car maybe won today, but uh, we had a good run. Sure did. Let's uh, swing over here to Elton Sawyer. Get a word from him. Third place tonight. Elton, this is South Boston. you got to earn them here. That's for sure, Tri- uh, Chop. This is a, I saw team did a great job. Uh, car was good all night. A little bit loose right in the center, and I just uh, couldn't use the throttle like I wanted, but hats off to the 10 car. They were uh, good all day, and uh, really thought Tony Raines had the best race car. I mean, he just was pretty damn awesome, but uh, I saw team did a good job. Third, uh, Car's not too bad. Carried to Myrtle Beach. Well, it looked like uh, to me that you could use that uh, top lane better than anybody tonight, though. Well, our car's a little loose. So I was trying to search around there and find a place where it, uh, the car liked. And um, Ron had the bottom pretty well covered. And I said, well, if I'm going to get by him, I'll have to go to the top. And uh, fortunately, we were able to get a little bit of bite on that right rear and get off the corner. But it's a good day for the Lysol team. Sure is. Third place for Elton Sawyer. Best finish for him all throughout this season. A third place run. Also the best uh, career run for Tony Raines finishing in the second spot tonight. For Jeff Green, a terrific evening tonight in two different fronts. First of all, he won the race, obviously the goal anytime you take the green flag. And second of all, he extended uh, pretty significantly his lead over Todd Bodine in the NASCAR Busch Series Championship standings. Todd finishing back in 36th position after being involved in a couple of incidents and then having to go behind the wall another time to change a transmission. Let's hear from the winner tonight, Winston Kelly's in victory lane. I tell you, after this night, I'm not sure where to start, but congratulations. A great run. Talk about dodging all the traffic out there. You look like you had some close calls, especially that next little last caution well uh when you start 43 cars on a four tenths of mile racetrack winston you're gonna have cautions and uh just too many cars out here but everybody did a good job of using their heads when they had to and uh it was a good good race for the fans i think and that's why we come here to south boston any win's good just like john darby said it still pays 180 points so it's awesome you had older tires and did tony reigns and a lot of cautions there at the end were you worried about him being able to get to you well he kind of leveled off with us there and those cautions come out let me cool my stuff back down and really help me so we got you know just got away he gave me a nudge there but he's a good clean racer and congratulations to those guys they had a good day looked like you were a little bit better than he was and everybody else on the restarts well, I, I could set the pace. You know, I could take off when I wanted to, and that makes the gearbox looks good. But uh, hats off to my Nesquik guys. They put me in awesome cars every week. And good Lord, give me this opportunity to drive this thing, so it's awesome. And you stretched that points lead out tremendously tonight. Well, I hate it for Todd. You know, I told everybody I wanted to race on the racetrack, not in the garage area, and that's what happened today. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.
getting a good big hug and congratulations from his teammate Jason Keller. I just don't want to. I don't want to beat him in, when he's in the pit road, you know. But they'll be back. They're going to win some races, no doubt about it. But we just got to do what we got to do, Winston. Win races. That's what it's all about. For the second time in 2000, and the points leader Jeff Green in victory lane. Big part of much of the action this evening was Ron Hornaday. He comes home with a fourth place finish. Jim Phillips is with him. Ron, how much did that last uh, caution hurt you? Uh, it didn't hurt me at all. We were pretty good. Uh, it, you know, on short runs and longer runs, we were just so tight. But we were pushing the front end off. But I'll tell you what, it's a great run. This whole Napa team needs to turn around. And uh, I just got to thank these guys for working their guts out. We went down to Myrtle Beach and tested. And uh, same car we're going to run down there. So it ain't too bad. And uh, just a short bullring racetrack. And it's fast. And I, I'm sure them fans got their money's worth. It's, what a great show. Uh, just that much. We need one more adjustment, and I think uh, we we're, we're going to keep pit, but we we're just watching what the leaders are going to do, and they didn't pit, so uh, we stayed out, and uh, I'm happy for these guys. i got to thank Dale and Teresa for sticking with this thing. Uh, we've got to change things around, and this is this is the up key. This is the top five we needed. So a tough fourth-place finish for Ron Hornaday tonight. Winston Kelly's over with the fifth-place finisher, Rick Spickle. Well, Joe, you said it toward the end of the race. We hadn't talked a lot about Rich Bickle. Where'd you come from, guy? <laughs> They will say Wisconsin. Well, I dodged about 74 wrecks. The spotter did a heck of a job. But, I mean, every time we got going, i get in a, by an accident, get pushed up the wall and lose five, eight spots. We had a really good car, Dane. You know, i got to thank Acovelva people for sticking behind us. You know, we've been struggling all year. And, and we got this thing turned around a little bit. Fred Wanky came on board this weekend to help us. And, and uh, we had a good car there at 10. I just, just couldn't get track position. But uh, Popeye's chicken, Goodyear tires. Pontiac, you know, we're the best run of Pontiac. They've been trying to help us all year. Flutine Raiders kept this thing cool because this thing ran 240 and 250 all day. We kind of made a mistake starting a race with too much tape. But, uh, like, again, the guys in the crew, you know, we put, we put a homemade pit crew together, part of the 61 crew, part of my guys. And, uh, you know, I need this more than anything because we struggled so hard this year that you mentally get down yourself. And uh, this is definitely a, a boost for me and the whole team because, you know, I know I can drive a race car. We just we had problems. We don't know what's wrong with the, the exhaust or the intake or what, whatever is restricting the car. But... But the biggest thing is the Popeyes people, Acovella people are stuck behind us, and we got to get this thing turned around. This is a good start. It's been a part-time season thus far. Does this mean we're going to see Rich Bickle in more NASCAR Bush Series racing going forward? Well, yeah. I mean, we got to run 11 races this year, one way or another, and this is only number two, so we got nine left, and uh, got three more here for Acovella. We got six more for Popeyes Chicken, and and uh, I think I'm going to go to the trailer and give myself a little Acovella back. I kind of smell. I'm going to Popeyes eat some chicken. He needs a little bit of that, making his best ever NASCAR Bush Series finish, Rich Bickle's fifth. We'll give you the full finishing order and the unofficial NASCAR Bush Series championship standings when we come back to South Boston in just a minute. Jeff Green led the most laps in tonight's event. He will collect the Gatorade Front Runner Award of $2,000 from Gatorade, the official sports beverage of NASCAR. Top finishing rookie tonight was Ron Hornaday. He gets $1,000 as the Raybestos Brakes Rookie of the Race with a fourth-place run. And the members of the media covering the Textile East Medique 300 have voted the Goodies Headache Award of $250 to Jeff Purvis, who got knocked out of a possible top-ten finish with a late spin. Back with the final results for you in just a moment from South Boston Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Back in South Boston, fans beginning to file out after watching Jeff Green win the Textile East Medique 300. Let's take a look at the final results. Jeff Green picks up the win this evening with Tony Raines coming in second. Elton Sawyer was third. Ron Hornaday fourth. And Rich Bickle was fifth. Jimmy Johnson comes home with a sixth-place run. Jason Keller is seventh. Kevin Harvick eighth. Bobby Hill in ninth. And Andy Santer was tenth. Jay Fogelman finishes in the eleventh position with Tim Fito at twelfth. Casey Atwood thirteenth. Bobby Hamilton Jr. fourteenth. And Phil Parsons fifteenth. Sixteenth finisher was Lyndon Amick. Jeff Purvis was 
was 18th. 19th was uh, Hank Parker Jr. And 20th was Mike Dillon. 21st went to Jason White. David Green was 22nd. Randy LaJoy, 23rd. Mike McLaughlin, 24th. And Michael Ridge, 25th. Jason Jarrett got 26th. Blaze Alexander, 27th. Philip Morris, 28th. Tom Hubert, 29th. And Mark Green, 30th. Justin Labonte was 31st. Jason Leffler, 32nd. Buckshot Jones, 33rd. Chad Chaffin, 34th. And P.J. Jones, 35th. Todd Bodine was 36th. Kevin Grubb, 37th. Jason Schuler, 38th. Dick Trickle, 39th. And Jay Sauter, 40th. Doug Reed was 41st. Ricky Hendrick, 46th second, and Wayne Grubb finished in 43rd position. Time of the race, 2 hours, 9 minutes, and 53 seconds. We had 13 caution flags for 99 of the race's 300 laps. Two lead changes among three drivers. Casey Atwood led the first 46. Tony Raines from 47 to 169. And Jeff Green led the final 130 laps en route to his sixth Bush Series win, second of 2000, and first here at South Boston Speedway. Unofficial Bush Series championship standings. The lead goes from 134 to 264 between Green and Todd Bodine. Todd stays in second with Jason Keller moving to third. Ron Hornaday to fourth position. And the uh, official Bush Series championship standings given out by NASCAR on Monday morning. And so uh, with that, we wrap it up in South Boston today, getting set to head off to the airport, fly back to Michigan, and get ready for tomorrow's Kmart 400 for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Our broadcast time tomorrow is at 12.30 Eastern Time, and we hope that you will join us for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series event that is at 12.30 Eastern tomorrow afternoon. I want to thank Ed LaRue for the production assistance help here this weekend in uh, South Boston, as well as Harry Howard, our ace engineer, as always, for the effort. The voices you heard call the action of tonight's race were Dan Hubbard, out on the back straightaway, Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly in the pit and garage areas. For Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick saying so long from South Boston, where Jeff Green has won the Textile East Medique 300, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 12.30 Eastern with the NASCAR Winston Cup Series Kmart 400 at Michigan. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Bush Series has come to you from the South Boston Speedway and sponsored by The Home Depot, the official home improvement warehouse of NASCAR by NapaOnline.com where everything great about Napa is available now online by Chase Authentics, the authentic trackside apparel of NASCAR by Wix Filters, the only filters officially licensed by NASCAR Wix for NASCAR and your car, by Cars Direct.com, America's number one way to buy cars online, and by Bell South Mobility and Ericsson. The executive producer of MRN Radio is David Hyatt, national sales manager Steve Harrison, affiliate relations Cheryl Marzello, director of production Fred Armstrong, director of operations T.G. Aylstock, traffic manager Stephanie Ellis, producer Mark Williams, chief engineer Harry Howard. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of the Motor Racing Network. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.